be silent in that solitude, which is not loneliness. For then the spirits of the dead who stood in life before thee are again in death around thee, and their will shall overshadow thee. Be still. Edgar Allan Poe in Spirits of the Dead. There's a dirt winding road in San Bernardino County that can take you back in time. It's a road that takes you back to the Brackenfern Manor and Tudor House. Brackenfern Manor and Tudor House was built in 1926 and was originally known as the Crib, while the Tudor House, formerly known as Club Arrowhead of the Pines, became a social hideaway for Hollywood's elite. The Manor is a 10-room, 10-bathroom house that was said to have been used as a brothel during the Prohibition, while the Tudor House was used to house illegal gambling, liquor, and other illegal pastimes. Infamous mobster Benjamin Bugsy Siegel was said to have funded the construction and built the locations as a sanctuary of escape for Hollywood's bigwigs and mob members, which also left the manor to host a few deaths and suicides on the property. What secrets lie within the walls and the prohibition tunnels of the manor? Do the spirits of the mob still linger around the property? And who is the negative entity that inhabits the Jasmine Room? And is it true that there's a demon that lurks within the Prohibition Tunnels? Grab your voice recorder as we join OC Ghosts and Legends for a memorable lockdown at the infamous Brackenfern Manor. Sit down with us as we interview the rest of the OC Ghosts and Legends crew. Let's talk about crystals, protection, grounding, and Charles Manson's ghost with Dixie Tandardini, who is the psychic and medium of OC Ghosts and Legends. You definitely don't want to miss out on the creepy EVPs and one-on-one chats with the patrons that experience something otherworldly at the Brackenfern Manor. Let's get Holly Weird as we lock down with OC Ghosts and Legends. Side note, the following interview was recorded on May 18, 2019, during a lockdown event at the Brackenfern Manor that was thrown and hosted by OC Ghosts and Legends. Please pardon any background noises that you might hear during the interviews that were being conducted. Now, let's get Holly Weird. Nestled in San Bernardino National Forest, surrounded by pine, cedar, and dogwood, at an altitude of 5,100 feet is Lake Arrowhead, California, an area described as the Alps of Southern California. In 1826, around that time, about 40 Paiute Indians, a very warlike tribe, used the mountains for their hunting grounds. They lived in the high desert area. Many were killed in a fight with the white men of Little Bear Valley, of course. 
At the same time, a more peaceful tribe of Indians, the Serranos, lived very near Little Bear Valley in an area now known as Rock Camp on the north side of the mountain. They would take their old and sick to Arrowhead Hot Springs for rejuvenation and healing. They hunted in the beautiful and bountiful valley and lived relatively peaceful, somewhat nomadic lives descending to the desert highlands and warmer inland valleys during the winter months. Beneath a historic arrowhead sits the equally unique Arrowhead Springs. The Arrowhead Springs is a place deeply rooted in legend, with the most ancient one possibly being passed down from Native Americans. The legend goes, the Great Spirit had an arrow which was to guide the Native Americans to the spot where they were to make their home. The Great Spirit, having selected the place, fixed the arrow to mark it forever. It is believed that the native inhabitants of the San Bernardino Mountains thought the arrow had directed the way to the hot springs with healing properties, and therefore considered it holy ground. Now we fast forward to the 1920s and Prohibition. We touched on this subject in episode 30 on famous haunted Hollywood bars. Police were cracking down on the mob in the city, so the mob moved their operations to less discreet areas. One famous mobster who was rumored to lead this move was the notorious mobster Benjamin Bugsy Seagal. Rumor has it that Bugsy talked the Chicago mob into backing his new venture, which is now known as Bracken Fern Manor. This alpine style inn opened as Club Arrowhead in the Pines on July 4, 1926. The inn had state of the art amenities such as electricity. More importantly, it catered to the rich and famous offering gambling, illegal liquor, and working girls. Other amenities included an Olympic-sized swimming pool, skiing, tennis courts, a bathhouse, and more. The brothel continued operations through World War II, although gambling was maintained in the speakeasy across the street up until 1955. Today, Brackenfern Manor is a certified historic landmark in the state of California. Across from the Brackenfern Manor is where the gambling took place at the club. Now known as the Tudor House, the story has that when cops were on their way up the mountain from San Bernardino, the administrators were alerted and gambling tables were actually turned over to appear as regular tables. Brackenfern Manor claims to be haunted by a former working girl named Violet. She killed herself after the mob killed her lover. You can still smell her violet-scented perfume wafting through the halls. Another is the ghost of a little boy who's also been seen at this historic inn. He is thought to be the son of a former prostitute and was trampled on by a team of horses. Today, his tiny footsteps are often seen in the snow. Ooh. So it is told. After the inn became successful, Bugsy convinced the bosses in Chicago to front him the dough for another little gambling adventure known as Las Vegas. However... Bugsy's lavish taste caused him to go way over his $1 million budget and ultimately cost him his credibility with Chicago and his life. While he was having dinner one evening with his lover, Virginia Hill, at their Hollywood home, Bugsy was shot dead. Thanks, girl, for the little historical tippet on Lake Arrowhead and the historical Brackenfern Manor. We just kept it a little Disney for you right there. So you won't have a, you know, just a nervous breakdown, even though some of our listeners were anticipating that. So, guys, just a little side note. If you do make your way to Brackenfern Manor, it is a pretty interesting drive. But once you hit the mountains, 
I could see why the mobsters and Hollywood elite really wanted to, you know, venture to this part. It is truly a sequestered area within the mountains. And the roads, once you hit the mountains, are pretty winding and very narrow. So uh, tread lightly around that area. But the views are definitely worth it. I make my way to the manor and I'm greeted by Osikos and Legends. And I, of course, made a beeline to their psychic and medium, Dixie Tantardini, and I grabbed her immediately for the first interview. With Dixie, it was an always a pleasure to talk with her. We talked about grounding, protection, crystals, and her little trip to Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum, where she actually was hired to do a cleansing of his museum. And you're not going to believe the things and the tea that she had to share with me in regards to the museum. We go over what she felt and what she picked up on the land of Lake Arrowhead. And guys, it was an, a very, very interesting interview. And it's always a pleasure to speak with medium Dixie Tantardini. And here's our interview. So guys, uh, we're trying to follow up on our last interview. And uh, Dixie had reminded me that electronics just do not work in her presence. So I'm hoping that we, fingers crossed. Yes, it's going to work. This, <laughs> this time, is, this gonna... will work. <laughs> Nothing but, will yeah. fall from the sky or from the <laughs> ceiling like last yeah. time at yeah. David's house. Mm-hmm. He'll be okay. <laughs> so Dixie, give us your full name, what you do for OC Ghosts and Legends, and just, you know, talk, you know, about yourself and okay. what you plan on doing tonight during the lockdown here at the Brackenfern Manor. Yes. So my name is Dixie Tantardini. I am a psychic, medium, and spiritual healer. Um, I've pretty much had abilities my entire life Mm -hmm. and I started working professionally a few years ago and then now I am working with the team and doing um, psychic medium stuff with them, investigations, and then I'm also going to be doing a workshop on spiritual protection in an hour and just kind of helping people learn how to protect themselves when they go into environments like this. That's really good because you see a lot of shows and YouTube channels of these, you know, green ghost hunters and they just go in with a camera and no knowledge of their surroundings or whatever presence is lurking in the dark. And that's Mm -hmm. very important. Do you usually do these workshops like outside of OC Ghost Legends or just mainly just within, you know, their walkthroughs or their hunts or lockdowns? So I do assist in some psychic development classes Mm -hmm. in Santa Ana. Um, So I do stuff like that. And then I also do educate people like through the investigations that we do, the lockdowns, Mm -hmm. just to kind of give people a little heads up like, hey, if you're going to be doing this, this is the right way to protect yourself so you don't have anything follow you home. I remember that from the David Omen house when I was sitting um, down uh, in the third floor with you and the guests, the first group, and you had this amazing table set out with serenite and candles and sage, and then you had amazing, like, pendulums and, like, maps with, like, you know, where the pendulum can, you know, you know, swing Mm -hmm. right and left towards, and I mean... That was such a great opportunity for people to learn and to learn how to do these things right. Um, What did you gather from that night at David Oman's house? (laughs) It was fun (laughs) (laughs) because that had actually been my first time there. Uh So it was a whole different energy, um, but I made sure I protected the lower level and made sure that everyone was feeling comfortable. And everybody was. Yeah, Yeah. and I I didn't want anyone to be afraid. I didn't want anyone to feel fearful or, you know, negative 
negative or anything like that because mm-hmm. I want the energy I want you to feel the energy yes but I don't want it to be a scary negative thing for Experience, people yeah. and I, I want them to be able to know how to do certain things so mm-hmm. that they can protect themselves and they're not afraid mm-hmm. so then nothing is feeding off of that that's true yeah um, now that we're talking about the paranormal walk us through your beginnings with your relationship in the paranormal and your mm-hmm. sight so, um, like I said, I've, my whole <laughs> life, I mean, since I was a baby, well, ever since I can remember, mm-hmm. um, talking to spirits like they were just like regular people. Right. Um, I actually grew up in a house that the previous owner had died in, and he was, you know, as a spirit, still living there. And of I course, was talking to him. You should <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Edmund Hickenlooper was his name, and um, I talked to him all the time, and I didn't see it as anything bad. And then through my teenage years, you know, after my mom telling me, don't tell anyone, you know, they're Mm going to think you're crazy. Just keep that in. (laughs) Yeah. And then I, you know, destructive behavior because I couldn't express who I really wanted to be. And then Mm -hmm. finally, one day it was like, okay, I just want to be myself. I just want everyone to know, like, this is what I do. I don't want to be afraid of myself. I don't want other people to be afraid of me. And this is the best way for me to show people that psychics don't have to be all woo-woo and <laughs> and sometimes creepy and you know read your palm and, and stuff. wear chiffon you know <laughs> yeah you know like i don't wear a turban i don't <laughs> i don't have a 1-800 never no none of that so i want people to see like psychics are just like you and me it's mm-hmm. not a costume it's not mm-hmm. a fad it's it's actual human beings and everybody has this ability mm-hmm. and anybody can work on it and develop it it's just you have to go to over the fear right so I want everyone to get over the fear so they can be their true selves that's a good way of putting it yeah what messages do you have for people who have your abilities that don't know how to uh, approach it or how to control it or just go through life with it so psychic development classes mm-hmm. there's if you look online there's a lot in a lot of really? different areas oh, yeah wow. so LA Orange County um, even I mean if you're not from California there's mm-hmm. other places if you look up online psychic development classes or workshops mm-hmm. um, there's so many things out there in the world that you could be educating yourself and not to be afraid of it because Mm -hmm. it's really, as long as you know how to protect yourself, there's really nothing to fear. And I just want people to understand like, it's not scary. It's not weird because everybody has it. So Mm -hmm. just get over (laughs) that fear and that stigma of what you think a psychic is. Right. And then, Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) I I don't know. We are sitting outside on the porch, guys. <laughs> We're just missing tea and, you know, yeah. gossip, yeah. which we'll get soon. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, dish. Oh, dish. <laughs> Play the tea, clink, clink, clink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you feel like like you see a lot of those uh, classes and workshops mm-hmm. more so in California than anywhere else? or? I think there is more in California because more people in California are typically open to it. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot more people nowadays being open to the idea of it, wanting to do things like this. And there's so many things on TV now that in the media, it's like, oh, look at paranormal this and Mm -hmm. look at aliens that. And and it's just like really that word is getting out and that acceptance is starting to happen. Yes. So I feel like a lot more people are going to psychic development classes, even Mm -hmm. if it's just to see if you have anything. Right. So it's just for for some people, it's for fun. And some people, they want to make a living out of it. Whatever way you're going to do it. Great. So I encourage everybody to do it. 
Um, tell me, what um, do you talk about in a development class with individuals that mm-hmm. are trying to, I guess, like manage their gifts? So it's a lot of protection, mm-hmm. obviously, is the number one thing. Uh-huh. Um, how to cleanse yourself, how mm-hmm. to clear yourself, how to... Uh, manage your abilities, whether it be clairvoyance, which mm-hmm. is like clear seeing through your third eye, clairaudience, you know, hearing things, feeling things, clairsentient, like all mm-hmm. oh, there's so many different like clairs, um, subjects, um, and there's other things like how to work a pendulum. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Yeah, I loved that. And um, that when we were downstairs, that map and the pendulum, it mm-hmm. was so safe. Like I felt safe. I felt oh, like good. That's, this is how yeah. you do it. Not some like little teenage kid, like <laughs> messing, oh, around. Yeah, yeah. messing around with a Ouija board <laughs> yeah. that he bought on eBay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the poor stigma that goes with that too, right. because Ouija board, it depends on who's using it and how they're using it. Mm-hmm. So Ouija boards aren't bad. It's just, you have to learn how to use these tools properly. Right. So a lot of that psychic development too is learning how to use the tools properly, only talking to things that are from the light. You don't want to talk to anything else because it's really not going to give you the right information anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's doing the right things with the tools and learning how to um, discern what's negative, what's positive, what I can talk to, the different feelings with that. So there's there's a whole thing. There's so many themes and so many subjects with it that, I mean... I mean, I can go on for days and days and days talking about Oh, I know. About, yeah, we can. <laughs> From our last interview, we could, man. We had some yeah. amazing things like that were brought up during that interview and things that happened around us that we cannot explain. Uh-huh. Oh, well, yeah. you can. You're like, yeah. oh, that was them. Yeah. <laughs> So tell me, I'm a, I'm a green ghost hunter and I'm taking a workshop from you or taking a class from you on how to, on protection. What are like your top three, um, you know, items or things for protection? That's awesome. You already know. So there are Uh three things. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I have ESPN, you know? ESPN. (laughs) Sports Central. (laughs) Must be that I have ESPN. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. There is three things. So with protection, it's asking for guidance. So that's the number one thing is you got to ask. Because if you don't ask by the accordance of free will, they can't really do a whole lot because Mm -hmm. they don't want to. There's such a thing as divine intervention. But it's better to ask and have that security. So it's asking your guides, it's asking your angels, asking mm-hmm. God, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it, to come in and support you and just to protect you during that time of your uncertainty or if you're you know, anxious or whatever's going on. Yeah. So that's the number one thing is just asking for it. Number two is shielding yourself. So mm-hmm. it's asking your guides again to shield you in a protective field So when you go into an area, nothing's going to get attached to you. So energies can get attached to you. You don't want that. They suck you dry. You don't want it. So it's either surrounding yourself in a white light, like a cocoon of white light or gold light. You know, that's a really high vibrational color or Mm -hmm. any color, you know, that's going to like green is for healing. Purple's for psychic development and blue is for, you know, communication. So you can, and I have a handout, so I'm going to give everybody a handout. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, there's a whole lot of things to do with shielding Mm -hmm. Um, and then the strongest one is lead so if you actually surround yourself in a cocoon of lead nothing toxic can get through that's where you're in a really negative environment where Mm -hmm. you think "Mm, there's something going on here okay or if you're you know with a person that's extremely violent or something like that surrounding yourself in lead is really gonna help okay Um, so that's the number one like if you're in a bad situation kind of deal yeah but all the shields help 
yeah. asking for you know help all those kind of things and then number three is using um, some kind of object so being crystals or a religious icon or a talisman or something that's going to make you feel powerful um, and I'm going to go over crystals too so like what protective crystals to use black tourmaline hematite you know there's all kinds of crystals mm -hmm. that will help you feel protected and they have an aura and so I'll be talking about auras and what they are and how you can protect it and things like that. So those protective objects are going to help you feel more powerful along with the shield and along with asking for help. So those are the three number one things. Ask, shield, object. Ask, shield, object. Okay. SAO guys. Yeah. SAO. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we, we got the acronym for that. Mm -hmm. Now, um, have you ever had anyone approach you out of the blue and say, you know, Dixie, I have a problem. I went ghost hunting. I didn't protect myself. And now something attached itself yes. to me. Can you help? Yes. So I am also a Reiki master and a Karuna Reiki master. So what we can do as an energy healer is mm -hmm. help detach those things from your aura. Um, and there is also a woman, her name is Margaret McCormick, and mm -hmm. I have her information. She does all kinds of removals. And she does it from a distance, so you never have oh. to go see her, you never have to do anything, because there's distant healing. That's really what it is, is healing. Oh, wow. So she clears your aura, and she surrounds your aura afterwards with a protective shield that's good for this lifetime, mm -hmm. so nothing will ever get attached to you ever again. Wow. I am in the process of learning that. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, am still, I am still in the process, but I am getting to a point where... I'm going to be doing things like that. So for her, she's like the top gun. So Margaret McCormick, um, it's www.margaretmccormick.com. Just look her up. Mm -hmm. um, I think she goes by Healing Hands. Oh, and wow. um, you can, she has like, she does, um, what's it called? House clearings all by a distance. Mm -hmm. And um, she does animal clearings and plant clear. Like oh, wow. uh, everything, everything. She does everything. So <laughs> house, plants and animals, yeah. guys. And I can do that too, but she does the lifetime protection. Oh I don't gosh. know how to do that yet. It's like the triple A yeah. of psychic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> literally. I've had her, you know, do removals on me and I feel awesome. So like after oh, she did awesome. all that, my life has changed and my life is more positive and so many good things have happened from that. So Definitely recommend if you feel like you have some kind of attachment to you, mm -hmm. go to a Reiki master or some kind of spiritual healer, even shamans, they can mm -hmm. detach things from your aura as well, or, you know, Margaret McCormick. So anybody, I mean, just do some kind of spiritual, go to a healer, because mm -hmm. if we try to do it on ourselves, it's kind of hard. It's pretty <laughs> it's, difficult. It's, yeah. Know. So if you're trained in how to do it, like a Reiki right. master is, then it's a lot easier for us to go in and go... Okay, you're done, you're clear, whatever, mm -hmm. get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Don't get anything attached to you again. <laughs> Protect yourself. But um, yeah, so that's what I would recommend for anyone who feels like they have attachments. Mm -hmm. You can always surround yourself in, you know, those light, the white light and gold light and things like that. But once something is attached to your aura, you can't really get it out. Yeah. So you have to go to someone who can actually detach that for you. Does that work with exes? You know, <laughs> that is, that is actually cords. So wow. yeah, so that is a different thing. So when we are attached to somebody, yeah. we have a, an invisible cord that is attached to them. So when we become, oh, wow. you know, intimate with someone yeah. or when we come, we're in a relationship and even with family. So we can have cords attached to our family. Mm -hmm. When you're in a negative relationship and you have a cord attached to that person mm -hmm. and you don't know how to cut that cord, then that's where you know you're still attached to that person mm -hmm. in a sense so 
you can actually cut cords on your own. Mm -hmm. So cutting cords is just imagining, uh, I, what I like to tell people and, and different psychics have different ways of doing it, but you can do this on your own. Ask your guys to help you cut your cords. Imagine a giant gold scissor that's cutting that cord that's attached to your navel to his navel or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. Cut that cord. Don't let it reattach again. Right. <laughs> Just stay away from them. Guys, you got your but, first lesson right here. Yeah. Well, actually your second. You yeah. And that you can do on your own. Yeah. yeah. So you don't need to go to anybody or anything like that. And that will help you detach from that person so mm -hmm. you can move on with your life. And this doesn't happen just instantly. This takes time, right? Is that to part of cords, you know, the cut cords and, or just the process of a, you know, uh, of healing and, and Reiki work. It, like yeah. I know a lot of people are so used to like supply and immediate demand. Mm -hmm. It's like they think it's Amazon Prime. Like, I'll get it in a day. It will go away, you know, mm -hmm. within several hours, right? And I, from what I heard, it some of these things kind of take time. Is that right? It depends on what it is. So if you had a really severe attachment to someone, mm -hmm. it's really you being able to let it go. So if you're not able to let it go, but you still want that cord cut, that yeah. cord is still there. You're not able to let it go. It's You have to realize that it's a negative relationship or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm let it go you're done you have to be done mm -hmm. so if you're not done that cord is still attached so once you have made that decision you know what i want this gone from my life i want to move forward i want to let it go i want to cut the cord so it's mm -hmm. just really going into a meditation asking your guides for help seeing that cord cut and you have to stay true to that mm -hmm. you can't go back oh wait 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 wait, wait, wait. i want it back i want it back no <laughs> Because then they're not going to, you can't cry wolf with that stuff. Right. Because then it's going to be like, uh, do you really want this or not? Right. So it's just going to be a, a constant issue in your life. So once you really make that final decision of, mm -hmm. I don't want this anymore, then that's when the cord can be cut. Got and you. that's when you're ready to let go. That's like me and Bryce with iced coffee and chocolate, man. Just like, and cheese <laughs> pizza. I don't want to cut those cords. I don't want to cut them yet. Cheese yeah, pizza. We're not done. We're not done, <laughs> we're not done yet. Never be done. I, I know. <laughs> so... Let's go into Brackenford Manor. Um, what have you felt so far setting foot onto this property? There is a lot of different things just swirling around in here. Um, the funniest being, I know this probably shouldn't be funny. I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually, um, in one of the rooms when I stepped into, uh, I can't even remember what room it is. I'm going to have to go up and see. I actually felt a drunk man stumble and fall face first into the wall. <laughs> and I laughed. And I, I did, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. But it was a residual thing. So it was almost like a like that imprint oh my was God. there. And I was like, oh my God. That reminds me of college. <laughs> I was probably most likely then, that man. And then he was laying on the floor face down, just like, Ugh, just groaning. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to leave him alone. So, and this is a spirit, guys. This is not a real Patrons here moaning. It's a drunk yeah, man. Just be, it's all right. It's, he's drunk. He's, he's got to sleep it off. Just let him sleep it off. He'll be fine. But that, that was pretty funny. Um, but I have felt, you know, other um, entities here across the way at the, what is it? The bathhouse or the, I'm here. I don't even know what these things are called. Um, I think it was like the clubhouse or the pool house. They called it multiple yeah. things. Yeah. So I felt a 12, 13 year old boy in there. It was dressed like a paper boy back in the twenties. Had a cigarette oh, wow. behind his ear. Um, the mob did run this place for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he was the errand boy. Oh. And so I was kind of feeling him out a little bit. And then inside, um, 
right before I walked up the stairs, there was a woman that stopped me and was like, don't go up here. He's up here. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go anyway. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Me. Like, yeah, Excuse me. Just gonna you know, and, and I you. told her, I'm like, it's okay. Like, I, yeah. I know how to talk to him. Was you that, know, and try to calm her down a little bit. Was that Violet? Because I know that her presence well, is pretty strongly felt here. I'm not sure if it was her. The name I got from her was Blanche. Or Bl- or Blanca or something with a B L, mm-hmm. but she didn't. She was kind of freaked out and anxious oh, because wow. spirits can be like really nervous too. Right. So I was trying to calm her down, and then after I calmed her down, she didn't really want to talk to me. So oh. <laughs> she should take some of that hooch from that drunk spirit. I know. <laughs> like just take the moonshine <laughs> and you know pass out on the floor. You'll be go fine. for it, girl. Yeah. So um, and then there's certain places where uh, in the cellar, I think there's a vortex in there, and I think it's brand new. Like I think somebody oh, wow. went in there. And did something so oh, I'm gonna have to investigate man. that a little bit more because that I feel like that was just a recent thing that happened so I'm gonna have to try to close that before anything else comes through um, and then let's see what else did I feel I mean there's spots in the house where I was just feeling like really heavy in the chest and really dizzy oh and the um, the top floor where the supposed man was thrown out the window I saw that whole scene Oh, um, uh, Ernie, right? Or Ernest. I think, I, I think it was Ralph. Or, I don't no, know. Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Ralph. Sorry. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't think he cares. He's like, <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? He's like, whatever. I was, no one can remember my name in, the, in, in life, let alone the afterlife. <laughs> but yeah, I could feel the three men that were in the room with him that oh my beat God. the crap out of him. And they were telling me because it was mob related. So they were like, you know shut up don't so, talk about this oh, and I, wow. I saw them beating the crap out of him and then throwing him out the window and I think he was dead before he came out the window so I saw that whole oh. scene so yeah that, that's the the part with psychic work that's like oh, okay that's so where you could yeah. legit separate urban legend myth oh, yeah. with yeah. what actually happened that could lead me into the boo adventures you you know Zach Bagans you know the Baggins mm. and you <laughs> I, I, we have to talk about this because you discussed this in yeah. our last interview oh. that I couldn't find. But you worked on clearing his haunted museum. And yes. you came across a lot of interesting dead people. Yeah. There, there was a lot of spirits that had not crossed to the light that, you know, I helped cross to the light. Um, but once it was clear... He keeps adding stuff. So That's when true. he keeps adding things, it just brings new energy in there. And because he's got some negative stuff attached to him, mm-hmm. it, they're telling him, hey, bring this thing home, bring this thing home. And mm-hmm. then because he's influenced by that, he's causing fear in other people. And of course, they live on fear. Negative yeah. entities live on fear. So it, on yeah. yeah. So they're like, hey, this is the best guy to be around because he's going to keep bringing fear mm-hmm. into this one area where people are paying to be afraid. And it's just a cycle that's never going to stop until, like, I I think I'm going to have Margaret clear him at some point in time because he he, needs to. And you brought up a really good point because you mentioned that he had not one, not two, but he had four demonic presences that he collected while being on the show, right? Yep, from going to these places and not protecting himself because... Once you open yourself up to it and saying, okay, demon, I want you to attack me. Oh, I hate that. Like, guess what? They're going to freaking attack mm-hmm. you and they're going to attach to you and go, okay, dumb, dumb. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> it's party time now. I'm going to bring all my friends with me too. <laughs> and so everywhere he goes, it's just collecting more stuff, collecting Damn. more stuff because he keeps opening himself up to it. 
and you brought up a good point like within the like this like the last seasons of the show you can you notice like how his eyes oh it's dark get you darker yep they're dark and his skin gets oranger <laughs> you know? and his lips get pinker, pinker. i don't understand <laughs> i feel like Why? he has like, like a pa that holds like i don't know like his like lipstick or maybe his powder or lip gloss <laughs> cuts in the middle of take and it's like oh wait God. i need to be like fixed for yeah that. he probably does he's a drama queen so <laughs> i can see him do he's a diva you he's came a across a very famous infamous um entity at his museum mm-hmm. you came across charles manson mm-hmm. you want to talk about that yeah well he's not in a good place um what? and then of course because zach now has his ashes <laughs> Yeah, great job. Of course, per use, per use. So because he has his ashes and some other items of his that were at the last moments of his life, and with the other items that he already had, you know, Mm -hmm. attached to Charles Manson, and now, which I'm pretty upset about, and I know he's had it for a while, is the wedding dress of Sharon Tate. I am so disgusted that he would have two of those things in the same place, considering. Mm-hmm. But his demons are telling him to do that. Yeah, they're telling him to do that. So I love people's response. Like it's in a different room. His it celebrity. It, it's like in the it's, same ground. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like you. It's just disrespectful. Yeah. I just see it as totally disrespectful. <sighs> but um, yeah, so he is not in the light obviously mm-hmm. he is very scared of judgment which you know he fine whatever mm-hmm. i want he's living in his own personal hell right now and he kind of needs to go through that for a while good so <laughs> he needs to learn from that mm-hmm. and he needs to see all the pain he's caused and I, he does see it and he's afraid so good. you know i mean there's mm, it's not and there's so many other things with that too that i i've been coming across and i don't want to <laughs> There's some secrets that I feel like are going to be opened up here pretty soon about that whole case. So I, I really do believe that um, someone ordered him to kill her. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I, I know who that is. Oh, my God. So I don't want to say anything. But no, yeah, it's a little wait open within time. But yeah, that's something still, that you, yeah. you saw. No. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. We had a listener ask us, like, what did you collect at David Oman's house? Like, what did you see with your mind's eye? Well, surprisingly enough, I mean, there really wasn't any negative energy there. I didn't feel... <laughs> I didn't. I really A lot didn't. of people like, go in there like, where's the negative energy? Baggins said like, there was. Baggins an idiot. But <laughs> whatever. He's got demons. I don't. <laughs> but, you know, I, I did not feel anything negative there. There was definitely some strong energy there. Yeah. I definitely felt a lot of energy from the land. Um, because there's a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on with the land, but I didn't feel any, you know, the murder things that happened in that whole situation. I didn't feel that. Um, it's just, I really feel it's a land energy that is so strong yes. and it just makes people either sick or dizzy or, you know, it oh, can I make you, it. It, yeah. it can be overwhelming a little bit yeah. if you don't know how to handle that type of energy, but it's, it's strong. There's, but I didn't feel anything negative, mm-hmm. per se, but I don't know if anybody else did. When but, I first entered, yeah. I, I felt all those things. Mm-hmm. The house next door yeah, that definitely was has crazy. Some, some negative stuff in it, but not the omen. I, don't, I didn't feel anything no, negative. No, that there. was the yeah. positive space, in my opinion. Yeah. Next door yeah. was just... Who I walked in there first five minutes. I'm like, get me out, get me out. Like I just felt so heavy. Oh, downstairs. Mm. Yeah, it, it and it's so funny that you yeah. mentioned downstairs because when I was sitting by the fireplace on the first level, it just felt like 
like like arms or hands like dragging me down like they Ooh. wanted me to come yeah, down and there was a few um of the uh the investigators that were like, I really want to go down there. I'm like, no, you don't. No, no, you don't. And no. they're like, I really want. I'm like, no, 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 no. So I had palpitations yeah. going. I was like, oh. get me out. Get me yeah. out. And a lot of people did. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> now we had an interesting discussion and Bryce wants me to bring this up. Okay. Heaven and hell. <laughs> yes. We talked about it real quick. Let's, we have five more minutes. Okay. Um, walk us through your belief on heaven and hell. So there's no such place as hell. Mm -hmm. Hell is where we are here on this earth. This is our learning ground. Mm -hmm. Um, Heaven is more of a teaching, you know, place where it's really our souls are meant to grow. And you start off as a kindergartner, you know, and, and being a soul. And then every life that you have, you're growing and you're learning to be that spiritual being. You know, ultimately, some people want to get to ascended master status and mm-hmm. some people they don't and they want to graduate high school and they're fine with that so it just depends on where you are spiritually you know growing um but there's no there's no sense. why would god create someone just to send them to hell that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. and i i've asked so many people and my own research and my own meditations and they're like yeah there's no such thing <laughs> so hell is what you make of earth this mm-hmm. is a, the toughest learning ground there is so and we're just like living the lives, you know, uh, as ourself mm-hmm. um, from past lives because we're here trying to learn something that we didn't learn in another. Our, yeah. In so another karma. Life. So definitely there is karma involved. Mm-hmm. So the people that keep showing up in your life, mm-hmm. pay attention to that because that might be someone that you had a past life with that karma needs to be balanced. So mm-hmm. that person won't go away until you figure that out. <laughs> so oh, wow. that yeah. So that person that keeps showing up that you don't want to see anymore there's a reason for that so try to figure out with that karma even if it's just you know forgiving them or accepting their forgive or whatever it is it's mm-hmm. you know we need to work out our karma so we can move on right as spiritual beings mm-hmm. correct i need to work on a lot of things <laughs> like I mean, cutting my cheese pizza intake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we're here we're here to learn you uh, not only do um Healing within, like, human beings, but you also do animal healing as well. I do. I do. I do animal healings and communication, Mm -hmm. and I absolutely love it because, I mean, they're just the purest little amazing creatures. I mean, all animals are. They are. And they're just, they're so blunt about everything, and Mm -hmm. they're not going to lie to you. They don't lie to you about anything, (laughs) and I just love working with them. I mean, they're just little blessings, and they're just, they make me so happy. (laughs) Do you get a lot of individuals that bring you animals, like, I adopted her or him? And I just wanted to know where he came from. Yes, I oh, actually, wow. I actually do get people that either they find animals mm-hmm. or they get them from a shelter, and they want to know like what their backstory was. Because as human beings, we want to know the story. We want to know where you came from and what mm-hmm. happened to you, you know. But in some cases, it's like it's better not to know because I don't want them to put that negative, like, "Oh, you poor thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you had this rough." It's like because they live in the present. Yeah, they want to be happy now. They don't want to think about you know the stuff that happened. And some of them, they. Unfortunately, if they were severely abused, like there's things that they have to work on. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, a a lot of clients want to know where they came from and what their story is so they they can have a story. You know, (laughs) it's fun. You gave an amazing reading of my of my Mia. I was like, 
Oh my god, that's so true. I just felt like she needed to be in my life. Yeah, yeah. And she and all of our animals, really. I feel I believe like that. That I believe one hundred percent. Definitely come into our lives for a reason. Dog's journey, right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. They're our little guardian angels. Well, thank you so much, Dixie, for sitting with me. You're I'm gonna, welcome. I'm like keeping this eye on this recorder, and everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Check I'm checking it, man. <laughs> Making sure that it's still recording. <laughs> awesome. Where can people find you? So you can go on my website, www.dixietantardini.com. Um, I can spell the last name T-A-N-T-A-R-D-I-N-I. So um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. You can check my website out. Um, if you have any questions, send me an email. You can find it on my website. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> I thank can't wait you. for tonight. I can't wait for your workshop. I know. It's going to come up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Bye, guys. The secrets that Dixie Tantardini came across that night at David Oman's house in regards to the Sharon Tate and Charles Manson case is quite astounding. And it's definitely something that might come up or might not. Who knows? But it's definitely something very interesting. But a secret is a secret. And... I promised her I wouldn't tell. So now we make our way to another OC Ghost and Legends member, Larry. And our interview was quite interesting since we touched on the subject of the Latino community and the paranormal. So let's talk with Larry. My name is Larry Zamora Mm -hmm. and um, I do utility, uh, a little bit of tech, and uh, I believe junior investigator. And uh, I've been with the group for at least three years. Three years? Yes. Awesome. I remember you from David Owen's house. I have captured a photo of you with an orb on your shoulder. Ah. Yeah, I have to show it to you soon. (laughs) Um, So what drew you to the paranormal and what got you investigating and and why? Well, um, what drew me to, I guess, the paranormal, first of all, it's actually uh, in like the Latino community. It's actually something that most of us believe in. Um, but at one point or another, I was actually very, um, it scared me for a while, um, because it was just something I didn't understand. Um, I actually come from a scientific background. So for me, um, although there was no proof, just the idea that there is something out there that doesn't have any proof and we still believe in it, uh, for some reason would just terrify me. Um, so what I actually did was. Uh, at one point, I believe it was a couple of years ago, I decided anything that scares me, I'm going to go ahead and essentially face my fears. Mm-hmm. So at one point, I was scared of heights. So I actually did some work as a roofer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that took care of that. Um, and then I guess the paranormal was the next one. Mm-hmm. So I decided, uh, hey, I'm going to go ahead and join a, a group. I mean, ultimately, I do want to believe in it. I, I want to have that open mind. So if... I get to go ahead and notice anything perfect. If not, there's no issue with that. Mm-hmm. So I, just, I uh, reached out to Chris. Um, I went ahead. They did the interview process and everything. And um, actually, on the very first night, I found out that although we are in San Juan Capistrano, mm-hmm. nobody at that time in the group, and actually I believe still, nobody actually can speak in Spanish. Wow. So... Uh, the first investigation I did, that's where I found out, hey, uh, I could be pretty useful for this. Of course. So uh, I started asking, uh, I, I do 
questions in Spanish. Every now and then I do a couple of other languages. Um, but I stick mostly to Spanish. And uh, as far as I know, from what I've actually heard, there are... I haven't heard any actually any actual response back just yet, but from the areas where we're in in Southern California, I'm more than sure that we're gonna get something in Spanish. Nice, <laughs> you're like that's a goal. <laughs> yeah, that's a goal. Um, but that being said, um, ultimately, yeah, three years. I've noticed a couple of things that are out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. um, but nothing with conclusive evidence, essentially. Tell me about your first paranormal experience, or did you have one? Uh, yeah, actually, my first paranormal experience, or I believe it's paranormal, mm-hmm. was um, the very first investigation I did with uh, OC Ghosts and Legends. And we were uh, out in San Juan Capistrano, and uh, we had actually just finished the investigation. Mm-hmm. And after that investigation, uh, we were essentially putting all of our equipment away. And at that point, um, I heard someone say my name. So I go outside, I'm like, hey, did anybody call me? And everybody's like, no, nobody called you. So I I chalked it up. I'm like, okay, it's probably, probably something along those lines, but um, I want to get out of here because it's late. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get out of here and catch an episode of Friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Oh wow, that's pretty. That's pretty intense. I noticed that poster on the outside. Where were you guys investigating in San Juan Capistrano? In San Juan Capistrano, uh, we were actually investigating off of Los Rios Street. <gasps> really? Yes. What uh, What is the story on on that street? Well, actually, it's the oldest street in California that's still. Uh, still I didn't know that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that that's definitely uh, one of our. I guess you could say our our uh, home grounds. Wow. Um, what are the tales from that location? The tales from that location, um, they vary anything from the lady in white, which is everywhere, but mm-hmm. um, also um, there are a couple of other stories along those lines. Uh, most of them have to do with the railroad mm-hmm. um, because at that point when it was initially actually put in that spot, it was actually, there was a lot of uh, lashback. Mm-hmm. Um, because they essentially put it in front of people's houses and said you can't do anything about it. So, um, but there is uh, there there are a couple stories based off of that, mm-hmm. and uh, actually we've done um, we're still experimenting with it, but we do believe that if, for example, a train does pass by that gives or stirs up energy to go ahead and uh, maybe cause something to go ahead and try to c- communicate, mm-hmm. and we've actually we've gotten some results based off of that amazing yeah that's what um anthony was mentioning too Mm -hmm. your investigations in san juan that they were very successful oh yes yes i you mentioned like the latin community and the paranormal um i want to really touch on that subject with you because i mean that is a good thing to bring up especially here in california with the hispanic population um what was your point of view on like the Latin community and the paranormal. Actually, um, I mean, usually we do go ahead and I believe very much with any society, it's mm-hmm. I don't understand it, so I'm scared of it. Right. Um, but at the same time, there's also an understanding that, um, for example, 
when uh, I started with OC Ghosts and Legends, it, it was actually we started talking about residual and then intelligence, uh, intelligent hauntings. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the couple of things regarding an intelligent haunting is essentially saying goodbye to a loved one. And uh, at that point, I had remembered my mother had told me a story of, uh, yeah, when you were still, we're, when you were still essentially in my belly, mm -hmm. um, your grandfather had passed away. Your grandfather, my father, had passed away. And I had the windows closed, and I was close to some blinds, and the blinds just went, like, as oh, if wow. somebody passed by them. And uh, at that point, that eventually they shortly after she found out that he had passed away oh wow so um she she obviously she told me that without any without any of that fear um obviously we do have that fear based off of some of the folklore such as la llorona mm -hmm. of course um, yeah la llorona el chupacabra things like that so i mean at the same time it's just most of the stories are i've seen something and i ran away <laughs> yeah that sounds right or i've seen something and my mom told me to say like the eight hail marys that is my mom my mom was like Ay, Dios mio, tami. Jesus Cristo. you gotta say your eight hail marys <laughs> yeah but at the same time it's just something that we don't understand so i believe that 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 does impact that a lot right right what do you um plan on collecting on tonight's investigation well tonight's investigation although we are going to be collecting is actually more for any of our guest investigators okay we want to go ahead and help them out more or less we want them to have the experience that's amazing that's so, great although we're definitely keeping an eye out for things mm -hmm. it's definitely for our guests as a paranormal investigator what are your uh tools of choice what is your what are your uh, uh paranormal investigation tools of choice my okay my very first tool mm -hmm. I believe and I believe most of us believe in it is our intuition nice our intuition there's that feeling where you feel uh, something happening and it raises the hairs on your back or it raises the hair on, on the back of your neck and you feel hey something's not right here or something's different here um, actually here I did have an experience where um, I had gone up to the third floor and the hair on my back and uh, the back of my neck just stood up is that the jasmine room yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually really excited to set foot in that room <laughs> well definitely i mean uh the experience i had was i got up there it was in the middle of the day the hair on the, uh, the back of my neck stood up and i just um i guess it was a primal thing where you're just your fight or flight came in wow so uh for me it's always fight and not flight um so for me it's like let's go mm -hmm. um but ultimately there wasn't anything in there i walked in i checked and after that the feeling went away and then we had guests that night and uh i believe it was in that area that we had a guest draw um, i guess it was the easiest way i could say it is was a female figure with a whole bunch of hair standing up and uh with a black background and it was definitely menacing so i was <laughs> okay i'm rethinking going up there now 
<laughs> no, I, I want to go. I mean, definitely. You should go ahead, try it out. I mean, ultimately, everybody's experience is their own. And that's mm-hmm. definitely something that we like to go ahead and say at the beginning of every investigation. I mean, feel free to go ahead and tell us, hey, this is what I feel. Mm-hmm. Because you might actually go ahead and uh, be explaining something that something else is feeling and actually validating them. So, I mean, everybody's experience is their own. Everybody's built a different way. I mean some people are able to pick up on certain things while others people aren't so uh we never go ahead and say hey no that's not right we always right. say that's, that's definitely something that can happen that's true um any last words or uh words of advice for individuals you know kind of uh, venturing into the paranormal or wanting to investigate it um definitely go ahead i know most of them uh, do hear all of their recordings but uh it's definitely interesting to hear your recording several times because at the first time you may not go ahead and catch something and then second or third time or just having somebody else listen to it at that point you're like oh i how do i miss this mm-hmm. so not only that but uh definitely if you want to go ahead and investigate it make sure that you're prepared for everything and anything <laughs> I agree. Well, thank you so much, Larry. I wish you happy ghost hunting. Thank you. You're very welcome. The Jasmine Room of the Manor is one of the most highly active rooms. At first, I thought it was the Violet Room, but Jasmine, from what I was told, definitely takes the cake. Legend has it that it's inhabited by the spirit of a gentleman by the name of Ralph. Ralph was a groundskeeper that worked on the property back in the 20s. There are two stories. The first one was that he was a little rough with the girls and they didn't take too kindly to it. So they complained to the mob and the mob handled him. Second story was he was in love with one of the prostitutes and the mob members found out and they took care of it the only way they knew how. By beating him up to death, throwing his body out of the third floor window where it was soon ran over by a car and then his remains were thrown into the woods where they were consumed by bears. But it is legend. However, Ralph definitely makes himself very known and Chris August, who is the lead director of OC Ghosts and Legends, has had a very, very personal experience with Ralph in that room. And you can actually find that video on their YouTube channel, OC Ghosts and Legends on YouTube. But later that night, Ralph definitely made his presence known to one of our investigative members in our group. We'll listen to her story later. But we make our way to another investigator by the name of Anthony, and Anthony is one hell of a guy. And here's our interview with Anthony. I am Anthony Holter. I have been with OC Ghosts and Legends for a year, and I'm an investigator and tech guy. (laughs) (laughs) How long, um... Have you been investigating the paranormal in general? Uh, since I was 17 years old. Oh my actually. gosh. Yep. Now, I... <laughs> walk us through that. Like, um, what drew you to paranormal and what was your first paranormal experience? So it kind of goes hand in hand with drew me and my first experience. It really goes hand in hand together. I'm from Minnesota and my sister-in-law owned a property called the Mayowood Stone Barn, which if you're familiar with the Mayo Clinic at all, yeah. the biggest hospital, uh, the Mayowood brothers lived on that property. And there's that theory that limestone attracts energy. Well, the whole property was lined with limestone, but the Mayo brothers had killed themselves on that property. They committed suicide. Oh my gosh. And there's a lot of like little places. So like how you see three buildings here at Brackenfern, there's lots of little houses on the Mayo property. It's huge. 
and uh, my sister-in-law was going through a rough time at that time, and you know, just kind of just there's just bad energy all around. So I decided to step in and help my brother take care of my nieces and my nephews. Mm -hmm. And uh, that same night, I just had this feeling that I had to look out the window behind me, and I saw this full black figure, just as clear as I'm seeing you right now, walking. Oh my god! And I'm like. There shouldn't be anyone walking around. It's like 2.30 in the morning. You now this property is locked up. You know, if there is anyone on there, we call the police because, you know, it's family-owned by, you know, my sister-in-law and her parents. Right. So, you know, we don't want any strangers mm -hmm. on the property at all. And uh, I was just like, okay. And I turned to look back, you know, into the couch, just kind of really confused. And it turned around again, and it was gone. <gasps> it was just like it disappeared like that. I was like, no human can walk that fast right and i didn't really know what it was i hadn't seen any of these shows mm -hmm. then and then the second thing that really like terrified me almost because i didn't understand it was this black mass just coming through into the house and going up the stairs where my nephews were sleeping no now i'm a protective uncle of course <laughs> so of course the first thing i did i bolted up those stairs and my brother was sleeping next to my nephews and i'm like brandon 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 you know calling my brother's name and he's like huh <laughs> He's like, what, what, what's going on? I was like, what do you mean, what's going on? I was like, some something's up here with you. Like, you know, someone's up here. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I saw this big black mass like go into this room where my nephews are. Oh my are. god! And he just kind of like laughed at me. I was like, why are you laughing? You know, it's not. It's like I'm scared to death. You know, right. At this point. And so he comes down. He pats the couch next to me. He's like, come sit down. I was like, okay. He's like, you just had a paranormal experience. I'm like. What is that? Yeah, right. <laughs> he's like, you know what? So he's really been into it too as well. And he even investigated the property later. Uh, we came up with all kinds of evidence, it turns out, on that property um, that he had acquired. And he told me about it. And I was super fascinated. It just caught me right there. And I was like, now that I understand that. And I was just like, okay, cool. You know, I did my research on the computer. Good. And just started from there and did solo investigating for a long time. Mm -hmm. I ran my own team back in Minnesota. Um, so it was just crazy to be able to, my big thing is educating. I like educating everybody, um, on the paranormal and letting them know nine times out of 10, it's not going to be something bad. Mm -hmm. You know, the theory is, you know, if you're miserable in life, you're probably going to be miserable, miserable in, in death. death. Of course. <laughs> so of course. No, that's the main theory there. So that's really how I got into it and started and right. just that experience really locked me in and I wanted to figure out and find the truth. <laughs> Can you agree with me that the Midwest is more haunted than any other place in the planet. It, it really, it <laughs> There's has something to be. up with them for our Midwesterners. I mean, it I has to be every ghost story <laughs> that I've heard from you know stranger people that you know we just I just had this conversation like yourself like right. about the paranormal. It's mm -hmm. like, well, there's this place in you know Illinois or you right. know Indiana. You know, Bryce can vouch for Ohio as well. <laughs> right. So I right. mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a very common thing, and I didn't realize how common it was until I started to go into research myself and figure out all these locations. Right. And it's funny because a lot of them in the Midwest are cemeteries, old cemeteries, just mm -hmm. being there for a long time. Some of them being desecrated or bulldozed right. know, for parking lots or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, the Midwest has a chock full of history <laughs> there that <laughs> that I like a lot. <laughs> so is this your first time at Brackenfern? Because I know this is your second time because I know um, that you guys are the reason why Ghost Adventures pretty much investigated here. Yep. Uh, that's very true. They uh, had to ask permission 
from us nice. uh, to investigate the location. That's, that's the story goes from Chris. <laughs> wow. Um, he's met Zach. Zach's a nice guy. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him yet. I hope to one day, you know, mm-hmm. if I, I help with the locations as well. So mm-hmm. sometimes I kind of run into locations they've investigated and, yeah. you know, just kind of got to coordinate everything. <laughs> wow. So I did not know that like when one team has like solely in, you know, single-handedly yeah like like investigated a property i didn't know like i guess it's just like you know it's courtesy to ask that team kind of like a courtesy call you know just i had no idea thing to do oh good um you know we we are a team we try to be the best team that we can be uh we take a lot of pride in being intimate with our guests and giving them that one-on-one counter as you know from the owen house and being with us there uh, that's our pride like that's what our joy is Mm -hmm. you know that interaction with the guests and i'm actually really excited because chris is letting me lead my first group (gasps) that is (laughs) exciting yes i remember when i had been asked that too at the harris house i'm like what (laughs) it's it's an exciting and like you know like Oh my God, flattering, you know, know, uh, experience. We have a hierarchy. And so we have a lot of requirements, hours that we had to meet before we get promoted. Of course. And that's fair. You know, that's absolutely 100% fair. I'm totally down with it. But we were a little short staffed this time. I was supposed to be paired up with a gal who couldn't be here, um, unfortunately, who's been here a few times before more than I have. So she's kind of going to be like my support guide, basically, to help me out. And I was like, Chris do you still want to do four groups or do you want to do three? And mm-hmm. he's like, no, we'll do a four. And then talking to Andrew who did logistics, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, they're having me lead a group tonight. So I'm really excited. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> no matter the hierarchy or seniority, we're always there helping each other and mm-hmm. we're always learning from each other. I noticed that I get a good vibe from your group. Like yeah, you guys are really the, great and it. you're so welcoming. Like I've met other groups that, you know, they were really great and others that were just very intimidating and very closed off and mm. I didn't have a good experience with them. But you yeah. guys really take the time, like you literally like hold people by the hand and guide yeah. them through this whole process. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's me. amazing. Uh I socially for me, I've always been that socially awkward person. I was also really shy, like when I was Aww. a kid. And you know, now being part of the team has really made me come out of my shell. Really? And it's so great. It's I would never expect that from you. I know. I like I'm like, you know, proud of myself. Like uh, to be able to do that and have this experience and it opens up more doors and opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, to really get out there and just try. It's not a matter of succeeding or failing. It's just try it. Try it. You know, see how you do. <laughs> what is your advice for people that um, want to get into the paranormal or even start their own paranormal investigation team? Right. That's a very good question. Um, just I'm going to go with Nike's slogan and say, just do it. You know, it's going to take <laughs> a lot of the research. You're going to have mm-hmm. to research, especially if you want to start a team. Uh, that was the hardest thing for me trying to do it back in Minnesota. Thankfully, all my coworkers were really into the paranormal. Mm-hmm. So my team was right there <laughs> yeah. at work when I worked there. Uh, but, you know, my biggest thing that I try to tell people is respect the spirits respect the entity that's my biggest pieces of advice that i, I could agree give to anyone you know it's i hate these people that try to provoke and do all this yes. stuff and then of course they're going to cause problems mm-hmm. for them you know whereas if you're just being nice or you ask a question and they acknowledge it say thank you you know thank mm-hmm. you for being here you know thank you for acknowledging and making a sound or something you know just be respectful there's no on and off switch so they're going to come out whenever they want to and we've had bland investigations where they just don't come out you know and that's wow. fine We're in their territory yeah 
So, you know, it's just like, that's true. That's true. (laughs) No, you're right. Absolutely. So So tell me about this group that you're leading. Is it um, on a certain level or are you doing like a, just a a third rotation of a certain property here? It's going to be, we hit, uh, there's three buildings on the property. Where's the other one? Uh, It's way (laughs) down. down Oh, is that the pool house? Yeah, the pool house. That's right. Okay. So that's why I love Brackenford. There's a lot of variety here Mm -hmm. along with all the haunted history and stories and just the era of time. It's just, it's really cool. Um, So we have a whole schedule of rotations. Rotations will be 30 45 minutes mm-hmm. long depending uh so we're all in four groups uh we'll just lead and rotate every time someone says you know all these places so it'll be up and down all around the tutor house over here all here in Brackenfern and some of the rooms too we put in um our their itinerary you know your room may be subject to investigation like are you okay with that yeah because there's you know especially here in the Brackenfern there's a couple of rooms that. that are really you know the great stories I loved <laughs> that on the website on your mm-hmm. website because um this is so cool about this investigation is that you get to spend the night here and I love how you guys rated like the activity like highly active or if you want a good night's sleep you, yeah, you could sleep in, exactly. in in like the fern room or something and, uh, coming here last year for my first year i got to you know spend the night here and <gasps> sleep in two of the rooms which that... one were they <laughs> so jasmine and ivy i read about the ivy room <laughs> oh, bro <laughs> I, I love it. ivy is my favorite because it's the little boy mm-hmm. that's there and we brought toys. He likes toys. And Aww. we set them up, you know, a certain way. We woke up the next morning and they were all changed. And it was so cool. And I was like, thanks, Ryan. That's his legend name that we figured out. Um, no, thanks, Ryan. We appreciate you, you know, messing with the toys and playing with them. Like, I hope right. you enjoyed them. And yeah. we'll leave them there for the day or whatever. Uh, Jasmine is the most notorious room of the manor. Uh, where, you know, this was a whole prohibition period. Right. Um, so you have the mob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> coming in and some not so nice things happened to a gentleman named ralph he got tossed out of the window of the jasmine room yes that's what uh dixie was telling me ran earlier. over uh, multiple times for good measure <laughs> of course so uh we've done a, a variety of experiments in that room uh i happened to be caught it was kind of a wrong place wrong time caught with our, our investigator mike in that room last year sort of in the crosshairs a lot of energy was going on in that room Really? So it was really crazy. So Brackenfern was it like bad or good? It was just like it was just it off. Was, for me, everything I've experienced is pretty neutral. Okay. So it's not which way, but I'm also kind of like off in La La Land half the time. Right. You know, the healthy skeptic that's, you know, trying to, you know, disprove something. Right. You know, not everything is paranormal. <laughs> it was just like, it was just the wind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone's phone, most likely it's, someone's it's like, phone. Oh, you know, maybe it's just the piece of equipment giving off too much EMF. Yeah. You know, and then that's why I'm experiencing some crazy right. feelings. So. Has, um, like from the last group, did everyone come out with an, an experience or a story? Pretty much, yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I mean, it's it's so great. Uh, <laughs> the best thing to hear, which is why I'm really excited that you're here, is a lot of our guests are return guests. I met a few of them yes. from David's house, yeah. and they remembered me, and I was so happy mm. to it's meet them again. So they were such great people, good energy, mm-hmm. good good folks. Exactly. I, yeah. And that's what we do. Like, that energy 
kind of determines the night too. Yes. So you know, no, if you have a great. bunch of energy and you're really excited and you're oh, wanting I'm super to excited. engage, <laughs> yeah. then you know that it, it will bring out that activity. It and will. You won't be disappointed. Brad yeah. Fern has not let me down as far as I've ah! talked to anyone on the team. It hasn't let anyone else down. I've had some crazy experiences here. That's just give you know, me. Great. We'll give all of us <laughs> your that one experience that just like it repeats over and over like a residual haunting in your mind pretty much oh man <laughs> so <laughs> last year here i was a solitary attendant because we do our awesome solitary thing it's kind of like our fun perk yeah uh, when you come so we uh, escort a guest down to a location and they're there in the dark completely with the radio mm-hmm. by themselves <laughs> oh, that's right you guys are going to do that drawing <laughs> yes we're doing that tonight and tonight's actually different we're doing it with blindfolds. blindfolds based on what a lot of our listeners have seen on the ghost adventure show is there a daemon <laughs> is there a negative presence or energy in the basement no there you go, guys. Ten percent. No, I and that's where I did my solitary, where I escorted my guests, was in that same location where Zach said that, you know, there was that kind of negative entity. There was nothing there. Yeah. That was for the show, huh? <laughs> yeah. Most likely, yeah, probably. I mean, I get it. I'm not discrediting anything, you know, that yeah. you guys are saying, but you know, it just doesn't match up sometimes. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> now, what is? Oops. <laughs> There's a car. Very squeaky car. That a very squeaky car that looks like it's not even put together right. Um, what is the most active room? Is it the Jasmine or it's, Jasmine. it's just the Jasmine? Just the Jasmine. Not the basement. No. Okay. Every, every kind of location and building on the property have their different spots right. uh, that are really active. So the Tudor House uh, has been the stage. Uh, you know, you can imagine back then there was a lot of performances. It's a dining area, a restaurant. Right. So there's so much energy and a lot of people there. Uh, the bathhouse, uh, just the downstairs bathhouse. I haven't really been up there in the upstairs area uh, on rotation, uh, mm-hmm. which I get to do tonight. So that's really cool. Uh, just downstairs and you know hearing things or hearing noises mm-hmm. is a very common thing like that's the most common thing we probably get here is hearing voices or you get tapped or touched nice. or, or something <laughs> so, uh, as far as the manor it's definitely the jasmine room that's kind of the the gold nugget wow. <laughs> if you who's will. spending the night there uh, no one is it's <gasps> actually wow uh, up for it's the uh, investigative spot and it's also one of the solitary locations for tonight oh now, my gosh after tonight we will have two of our team members staying in the jasmine room um i was supposed to but for personal reasons i had to leave early in the morning right so uh andrew will be staying uh, overnight in the jasmine room. he hasn't had an experience in there yet uh it's just that kind of fun you know that goes back to that on and off switch again yeah <laughs> you know some of us do we all do during an investigation have some kind of experience in, in that... jasmine oh and then wow. when we go to sleep at night it's like okay <laughs> we, we sleep soundly <laughs> so. they already had their fun with us so they're <laughs> yeah. leaving us alone they're like you guys took a lot of energy <laughs> all much, of us yeah, yeah. So, well that excites me I, yeah. I can't wait to even venture through it's, the room it's so great uh, just to let you know, my co-host Bryce is waiting comfortably in a car in front of an In-N-Out Burger in L.A. Oh, <laughs> he wanted to show up, but no, honestly, he had a, a lot of work to do um, with a show that he's in. So he is here technically in spirit. No pun intended. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad he's here in spirit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to ask you one last question. What is your... Um, 
devices of choice when you go into an investigation. I've asked all <laughs> the other investigators, like, what are their right. three top um, devices of choice? So, <laughs> of course, mine's going to be the same as a lot of some. The digital recorder is the number one thing that you can bring that you're almost guaranteed some kind of evidence. Mm -hmm. At almost every location I've been to on the team, on my own team in Minnesota, I've had some audio come through, and that's, you know, the gold there. And just audio evidence is amazing. You know, laughter, mm -hmm. children right. playing, you know, voices. Um, my second device that I like is what Mike has, is the portal device. Mm -hmm. So playing the word bank backwards in Latin, and so if a spirit comes through, it's going to say it in English so you can understand it. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a lot of success with that yeah. device, actually. I've seen that device. So, it's really, it's really kick-ass. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's like probably my top favorite piece actually mm -hmm. it looks so really time, cool yeah every time I'm with it looks mike, really I'm like, serious <laughs> <laughs> like every time i'm with mike you know let's uh let's do the portal <laughs> um and then thirdly is something that i brought on to this investigation that no one else has at the <gasps> moment <laughs> a compass interesting this uh, explain why um, so I got it from a gentleman named Harry Price. He is a very well-known investigator uh, back in like the 50s, you know, 1950s, you know, 1900s, that kind of thing. So there wasn't, you know, all that technology back then. So what are you going to use right. to catch a ghost? You know, and a compass, it won't get interfered with by the electromagnetic field. Mm -hmm. And it's so light. That's true. And simple. You don't have to worry so, about having its batteries drained. Exactly. It's so light and simple. So, you know, it won't be a lot of energy to right. try to get it to spin around. Yes. So a don't lot. use the compass on your phone. Use an actual one, <laughs> yeah, guys. Actual yeah. You can get them for like two bucks, five That's bucks. That's true. Really yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to introduce that to my group. They're probably going to get I'm learning something, it. too. That's a really cool. <laughs> I, I mean, you're the first one to have like mentioned that. Yeah. They're probably going to get a kick out of it because, you know, That's a compass cool. is, you know, something we kind of now consider really retro and old fashioned. Yeah. But, well, like a um, pendulum. Just kick it old oh, school yeah, with exactly. your pendulum and compass now. Like exactly. you could, I mean, do you ask like whatever's in, you know, presences in the space with you? Like, hey, can you turn the mm. dial left? Can you turn mm. it clockwise? Exactly. It, is that how you? Yep. That's, ask it to manipulate it yeah ah, so I'll be, smart. I, think I will allow my guests to have the opportunity you know to hold the compass so they can see it like eyesight you know and just watch it and see you know if it goes out of control and, mm -hmm. so i'm really excited to see if i get any hits on that tonight, yeah so <laughs> oh my gosh you i'm i'm sure i i feel i feel like we're gonna have a lot of great stories yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's gonna be great <laughs> yeah i i 100 agree well thank you so much anthony yeah, thank you, Danny, uh, thank you for having hollywood paranormal here for allowing me to talk talk to you guys Definitely. i love like and i mean that from the bottom of my heart like love what you guys do your thank education you. everything it's amazing i appreciate I'm it. very thank very you. like i'm a big fan of you guys <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate <laughs> it glad to have you here oh thank you mm -hmm. respect and education seems to be the theme with oc ghosts and legends and that's something that i really admire about this group that's always their theme whenever they investigate in a location such as brackenfern manor is a level of respect for each other and a level of respect for those that we can't see. But the biggest question that I had to ask all the members of the OC Ghosts and Legends crew was this. And it was something that I did see on the Baggins show. Is there really a demon in the basement? Because that's what I noticed on episode 3 and season 12 of Ghost Adventures. According to Zach Baggins, or the Baggins... 
there's supposedly a bad presence, a demon in the basement that left scratches on certain individuals. And according to OC Ghosts and Legends, the answer is no. There's nothing there that's negative, but there is something that makes his presence known. As we make our way to the Tudor house, we are prepared with an orientation by Chris August to give us a good background and history on Brackenford Manor, along with a great grounding ceremony that was given by Dixie Tantardini, because protection is key, as we learned earlier in this episode. And then I made my way to a gentleman by the name of Roger, another member of the OC Ghosts and Legends crew. And here is his interview. My name is Roger Woodcock. And how long have you been with OC Ghosts and Legends? A little over four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. And um, tell me, what got you into the paranormal and then what got you into you know, being a paranormal investigator? Um, my mother was a sensitive. Um, she was Osage Indian. Half, and so I'm, I've, oh, wow. uh, I'm American Indian descent and uh, very much a naturalist, a spiritual person. And uh, I've always had my own belief systems. And uh, I've had a lot of personal experiences on my own before I joined the team. I'm also what we call a believer skeptic. Um, I don't believe everything is a ghost. Um, I believe that sometimes life, you know, you, you, you generate what you want to believe. Mm-hmm. And it may not be factual. It may not be, you know, what actually happened. So one of my jobs with the team is to debunk as much as I possibly can. And I'll spend hours trying to disprove something. Um, there's lots of things I can't disprove, um, but um, about personal experiences and all, everybody's experiences their own, so you don't want to like take that away from them, but if I can explain that weird sound you heard, I'm going to give you these, what I think it is. You know, this is what I think it could have been. Mm-hmm. Take what you want with that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this team is very open. We try just about anything out there science-wise and not science-wise. I mean... <laughs> We've had, uh, I've had some things where I was like, oh, this is really kind of stupid from a technical perspective. And then had my eyes opened up by something that's happened. Um, I give mm-hmm. you an experience such as we have this thing called a boo bear. Mm-hmm. And people that are in the paranormal world know what a boo bear is. It's yeah. basically a rim pod inside of a teddy bear, essentially. Right. Um, and we were here last year with it. And I had a group. I was with, I was just kind of tagging along with a group. Um, and they're up there. We're in the second floor of the manor. The boo bear has been pre-placed up there. And they go... It's moving. And I'm like, I'm like five yards away from like, whatever. Yeah, sure it is. You know, I'm very, very skeptical about it. And I'm, I walk up to it and that son of a, you know what? Looks like somebody's actually slowly squeezing it in the middle because it kind of bends over. Just, just, just enough that it's visually detective. Mm -hmm. It kind of bends over and stands back, you know, kind of like somebody's squeezing the middle, in the middle of it. And almost like it was breathing. So that kind of freaked me out because I hear I am, there's four or five people who are also seeing it. Mika was one of them, the team member as well. They're all seeing it, and I'm seeing it. I'm like, okay. Now, that, that kind of freaked me a little bit. I was like, what's making this? You know, my first instinct was, let's cut the son of a bitch open and see what the hell's making it move, because why is this thing moving all of a sudden? And then it repeated later on. It wasn't just that one event. So things like that, you think, you know, you come up with your pre, yeah. pre-notions of what's real and what's not real, and then you have your eyes open by a group you know, group experience. Right. You can't just discount, like, I think I was seeing things. You know, everybody saw it. So, right. Um, those are the valuable. That's short of getting it on video with two different video cameras simultaneously. That's probably the most valuable thing in a paranormal 
evidence is when you have a group that all experience right. You have it more separately. than one pair of eyes. Right. You have that yeah. accreditation and, and all different walks of life. You know, right. like I said, you know, so that's that's next to you know the Holy Grail is two different video cameras catching something. That's a Holy Grail. Right. Um, that's second to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were you part of the group when they first investigated Brackenford? Yes. Tell me about that experience. Um, the first inaugural Brackenford, we came up here not knowing other more than just the history mm-hmm. on it. Um, the fun part was is I actually came up here with my girlfriend at the time a couple weeks prior incognito because at that time the owners that was here there was really pushing the paranormal and we want to make sure they're not just pushing the paranormal. Right. Um, actually some, so we actually came up here incognito um, and had some very powerful experiences in our room. Mm-hmm. I was up most of the night um, with things being thrown. It sounded, it sounded like a wooden shoe being thrown against the bedroom wall on the hallway. We were, another couple had checked in shortly after we did, and we were still in a lobby when they did. So we thought they were doing something, you know, whatever. Um, and the manor at that time was kind of weird because nobody from the staff spent the night at the manor. They left at 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we didn't know that either um, until the next morning. So we were up a lot of the night with bangs and knocks. And I actually, I actually brought an EVP, uh, I'm sorry, a digital recorder with me and had a recording. So we got all of it on track. Uh, but we had kind of written it off as something going on, you know. Mm-hmm. So we go to check out in the morning, and we decided we weren't going to say anything to the the staff about it because we didn't want to tip our hand about us being paranormal team. And they said, "How was your night?" And we we're, was good, we're fine. And she goes, "He goes, I didn't think you'd be here in the morning." The other couple checked mm-hmm. out shortly after they checked in because they were scared. So we're actually in the manor by ourselves the whole night, not knowing that. Oh wow! And later on, after talking to some of the staff and and the property manager at the time, the building manager at the time. Um, right across the room is where one of the legends is about a person who doesn't like people and throws shoes. That's not nice. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly. And that's what it sounded like. Somebody's throwing, somebody hit the wall and fall, hit the wall and fall. Right, right. So it was very, very, you know, like, okay, that's a weird coincidence that that was what we thought we heard. And we just thought maybe they were having a bad night or something. And it turns out we're the only ones in the darn building and we had that sound. So that was very eye-opening for us. And we come back, and that's we had, you know, there's a lot of mixed energies in this place. Nothing, like, dangerous or ugly, but mm-hmm. just some, all of a sudden you'll get very, very powerful energy. And that's what we had, that first experience here, our first investigation here. There were some very eye-opening experiences for a lot of the team members. Do you think it has something to do with the land or just the energy of the building or just what people brought into that investigation? I, I think... Generally speaking, not just related to this building only. I think it's all the above. Um, I think I think geography has something to do with this too. Um, uh, as far as energy lines, ley lines, that's one of the theories out there. Um, I think the history. You know, people people always think, oh, it's something with the building. Well, you know, this was also you know Native American land for the longest time. We don't know what power that has. I find that areas that are known to be uh, properties or land that was inher- inherited or sorry inhabited by Native people seem to have a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, might be just because that's what I want, being of Native American background. Oh, I don't yeah. know. But it always seems like every place I've, we've done, you know, that's part of like San Juan, Black Star Canyon, some of our regular mm-hmm. ones, lots of powerful experiences there, lots of Native American background. Well, of course, because Native American, you know, heritage, a lot of it is spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like, they were big spiritualists. They paid homage to gods and stuff. Well, and, and there's no doubt in their mind, in their mm-hmm. beliefs. There's there's no, like, oh, that's, you know, pseudoscience, but that's what they believe. Believing, that is yeah. it. So there's no question in their mind. It's just a matter of life for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always find that, and this has, this property has some Native American background. The land before it was developed was 
was tribal. Um, and then obviously all the energy with the, how these buildings were being utilized, why they were built. Um, you also have a natural underground spring that runs through here. That's why right. this, that's why this was a speakeasy here at the Tudor House because the you know, part, part of the part of the moonshining is water supply. Well, you know your law enforcement looked for pipes and they knew that was a moonshine operation. No pipes here. This is <laughs> a hole in the ground. Here's your natural spring water. So right. there's there's some theories about water bringing energy. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of possibilities kind right. of focused into one area here. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, now you've been. Investigating for four years with OC Ghosts and Legends as a whole, how long have you been investigating in general? Um, I wasn't an investigator oh, okay. as far as with other teams or like this. I was a hobbyist, I guess the best way to put it. I had an interest in it. I had right. my own belief system. Um, I actually got thrusted into OCGL purely by coincidence. Oh, wow. um, they came to my, you know, I'm my my second job, so to speak, my night job um, is I'm a technical director for a community theater in San Juan Capistrano, and they had booked an event there and the owner and I was like with the I was only with the theater for like six months or whatever at the time and the owner of the theater said hey can you just be there that night and support them whatever they need and you know they're doing a little presentation they need some lights and sound and all that kind of stuff and that's how I kind of got involved with OCGL it was like it's kind of interesting I like what they were saying as far as right. being open to a lot of different things and you know, a month later two months later I was on the team nice I just like that, just that little window of opportunity right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I said, I've been doing a lot with the team. I get, most stuff I do is background. I rarely, mm-hmm. you know, I come to these events, but most of the time I'm the guy behind the camera doing that kind of stuff. It's just, that's my, my niche. <laughs> now, you talked about photography. Um, have you caught any, any credible evidence on photograph or on digital photograph? Um, uh, on photos, We've, as a team, we've had a few things. I think our most impactful photograph is probably here. Well, not a photograph. Uh, actually, a, a nighttime uh, infrared video. Oh, wow. Um, here at the manor of a, a light anomaly. Anomaly. Now, you know, people see the, oh, yeah. the, the balls and all that stuff. Um, you know, 99.9% of the time, that's dust particles. Right. Um, and it's very easily debunked. But we had one um, particle that was tracking... Um, not like the other particles, it, you could see there was not, you know, for a dust particle to show up on the camera, it's right in front of the lens. Mm-hmm. Even might look like it's, it's actually right in front of the lens. This one, you could see it interact out there with objects, you know, go behind objects and come back around. And it was just tracking, you know, frame, frame, wow. frame, frame. And I did all my usual, I ran different color filters against it. I tried all the different stuff trying to debunk what it was. Could not come up with a solution. I zoomed it in, I digitally enhanced it still and brought it in, and it was like almost like a donut. It was a circle with a hole in the middle of it. And mm-hmm. It was just very powerful uh, evidence. Now, I'm, we're never going to say it's a ghost. We don't know what this is. It was odd. So this team, that's the other thing, this team never says that's a ghost, that's a ghost. We don't know what, we don't know if these are ghosts. We don't know what this is. That's, what yeah. the, that's why this is still pseudoscience. That's why we, we still just put it all under the paranormal, because we don't know what this is right so we just call it ghosts because that's what we can grasp mm-hmm. um so what this was i have no idea but i could not debunk it wow i've but, seen that video it's mm-hmm. on your youtube channel yes. the oc ghost and legend youtube guys if you go on oc ghost and legend you'll see their videos and i think it's something like um i think it was like ralph's room or something or it's down the hall from ralph's room yeah yeah, yeah it's not i remember seeing yeah. it it's very 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 interesting right. there's and i created that video i, I want to show people it was what, what tools we used to try yeah. to debunk this right. and what we did um, so that, you know, again, the Holy Grail is two different cameras. Didn't get that because mm-hmm. we had one camera running there, but I wanted to show people the steps we took to try to debunk it and couldn't. 
That's amazing. I saw that video and I'm going to have to find it guys to put it on our Instagram, but it's so interesting. Like you can't explain it at all. It's like, it's it, you could tell like, that's not dust. Dust yeah. isn't glow like that. <laughs> it was very bright and, and focused, very pinpointed. It was very odd. Wow. Um, do you have, Oh, how about this? Um, what are your pieces of advice for any individuals, hobbyists or, um, future ghost hunters? Like what is your, advice for them coming into this field be open-minded but be guarded um people there's a lot of people out there that um think everything's a ghost and that's kind of the for me that's the other side of the spectrum right. not everything's a ghost um, um be careful of psychics we you know dixie's great most of her stuff i i can, no, I can yeah. I can grab onto, but we've had other psychics in the past that you can tell within thirty seconds that this isn't you know quite right. Be legit, fair. So yeah. so getting in the paranormal, you got to be careful of that kind of stuff, and then just be open minded to um, the technology. Again, we don't know what we're looking for here. This is all speculation on what this yeah. could be or couldn't be. So even though even though it might seem really far fetched that you know this is happening or we you know the spirit's able to manifest a word in an SB11, a, a spirit box, and say, I, you know, we answer, ask a question. We don't know what this is. Right. We don't know if there's intelligence behind it. We don't know if it's just random energy. We don't know if it's, you know, get really, really out there and, you know, parallel universes and all this. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. So be open-minded to it. Uh, be intelligent about it. And t- take a step back, get the emotions out of it, and try to figure out what you just experienced. To debunk or not to debunk? That is the question. Whether does Nova learn the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of our misinterpretations on what is dust and what is actually an orb? Or maybe if you blink a little bit, you might just see Bigfoot in the background. I mean, it is part of being a, a paranormal investigator. You have to step into a logical standpoint. And you have to take deeper dives. Not everything is panned out to be a ghost. Now we move forward with the grounding ceremony, and this is where I find it very, very interesting and important for ghost investigations, especially for green investigators that just wander into a location without really protecting and grounding themselves. Because when you walk into the unknown, you have to let whatever's out there known that you mean business, but at the same time, you're protected. Now, here is the grounding ceremony that is given by Dixie Tantardini before we split off into our groups. And I was very fortunate to be placed in her group with the lead investigator and director of OC Ghosts and Legends, Chris August. So here's Dixie Tantardini leading us into a grounding ceremony. And for all you future and green ghost hunters out there, I would really take notes because this is a very important ceremony to take whenever you set foot into the unknown. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Just ignore me. If you don't want to ground, that's totally fine. So this is going to help you feel more secure and more safe, okay? So what we're going to do, we're just going to take a really good deep breath. Let that out. We're going to relax ourselves. One more deep breath. And now what we're going to do is we're gonna imagine a root that's coming from your tailbone, so it's their base root chakra. So you're gonna imagine a root that's going down deep into the earth, and then it's branching out and clasping onto Mother Earth. 
Some people might feel some vibrations coming from this. It's just Mother Earth supporting you, nurturing you, and keeping you safe. And then what we're also going to do next is from the soles of your feet, you're going to imagine these roots, and they're going to be going down deep into the earth and grounding you and nurturing you and keeping you safe, okay? All right. Take another deep breath. And you're grounded. So at any point in time, if anybody wants to do this, you can, I do it every single morning just to help me stay focused and calm. So you can do this at any point in time. At any it was a dark and stormy night. Seriously, it was a dark and stormy night when we left the Tudor house and made our way to the manor with Chris August and Dixie Tandardini and our group. The fog was really thick, so thick that you couldn't even see the road ahead of you. But you can still make the road out due to the light of the moon. It was a full moon out. We made our way across the street to the manor. At night, it's a little intimidating. We make our way to the first floor as we started our first session with a round of questions. We heard a couple of knocks in the kitchen, and finally we made our way up the back staircase to the second level, which was quite interesting. According to Dixie, when she did a walkthrough of the manor, one of the presences that made themselves known to her was an older woman that was telling her not to go up the stairs. Don't go upstairs. Why? Because he's there. And we believe that he was Ralph. And Ralph was ready for us. We made our way through the second floor where we felt some activity. We had the REM pod set up along with the cameras and our boo bear. We finally make our way to the third floor, straight to the Jasmine room. Already I could feel my heart palpitating. I feel this sense of anxiety. Maybe it's because I already know what to expect in the Jasmine room. But I had this feeling that something was there, and it didn't want us there. Soon we will realize that Ralph was going to make himself known to one of the members of our group. And here's the recording of that session. Now keep in mind that the noise that you'll hear in the background is a spirit box that Chris August is using to lead an investigation in this room. For some of you out there that don't know what a spirit box is, it's a tool that ghost hunters use in an attempt to make communication with paranormal entities. It uses radio frequency sweeps to generate white noise, which theory suggests gives some entities the energy they need to be heard. And when this occurs, you'll hear something like voices or sounds coming through the static in an attempt to communicate. At first, we don't collect anything. We do hear something in the background, but we can't make it out. But then it's followed by knocks. And I think I collected something of an EVP during the session. Listen closely. It sounds like someone saying, take a baby step. But then it's followed with an eerie presence that makes itself known to one of our guest members, Celine. What was that? Yeah, I heard a bang. Yeah. 
the back room. From the back room. Mm-hmm. You know, it came from the window. Did, it, did you guys hear that over here? It was a. Uh, it wasn't you guys moving in the bed. No, no, it was a bang. I heard it too. Nine fifty-five. I felt like I heard it from the window. It was just me. I just heard it on this side of the room. Do that again. What's your problem, Ralph? Did you have a problem with me? I mean, you actually made me walk out of this place. I've never done that before. Do you have a problem with us being here? Oh my god. What? What happened? You okay? Did someone just laugh? There's people outside. Okay. Hey. What happened? You alright? And I fixed it. I saw somebody. Where? Right next to me. Like to the left, to the right? Right here. We can't. We can't see you. Where? Right or left? To my right. What did you see? Wait a minute. I just saw somebody hunched up next to me. Like sitting? Yes. Can you describe them? The head, like the the outline, shadow. Who is that? Did you feel an adult, a child? Adult. Male? It's a man. It's a man. He's looking at me. He's looking at me. Do you have a problem with us being in here? What's your problem? I want to know what your problem is. If you want us to leave this room, let us know. Do something. Make a statement. Tell us you want us out of here. Make a noise or something. You okay? Give them a chance to come in here. We're coming. We're going to the second floor. Come with us. Come on. Here's the audio again, guys. I could be wrong. It could be someone in the group, but I don't remember anyone whispering during this time. Here it is again. Could this be Ralph warning us to take baby steps or to tread lightly when we're in his room? Who knows? but he definitely made his presence known to Celine. We make our way down to the second floor, and then finally we get to the cellar. Now that's where things really picked up for us. It was pretty active. I have a recording of what happened after we heard what we thought was Boo Bear in the room. We heard what sounded like the Boo Bear going off or laughing, and there was no one around with the Boo Bear. The Boo Bear was currently in the second floor, and Chris August had notified Andrew to see if the boo bear was on. Nothing. And then it happened. I saw my first apparition. And I had someone sitting behind me to validate. 
I don't know what it was, but I was feeling so drained from being in the jasmine room that I felt like I was kind of falling asleep. You see, the cellar is pretty dark and cold, and I think uh, for me, the energy was all sucked out. And maybe whatever was trying to make its presence known was trying to tell me to wake up. And it surely woke me up. It just looked like a white cream-like figure that just came around from the banister and almost got in my face. I, I could make out a nose, a pair of eyes, and as I jumped, the gentleman behind me validated that he saw the same thing. The thing with the cellar is something very interesting. That's the entrance to the Prohibition Tunnels. But we all heard of that. We all heard it. Yeah, let's play that down. Oh, wait, Andrew's made it. Is there someone standing on the outside of yours? Andrew's out there. I forgot to the worries? Yeah, because I heard it again. But this time it sounded distant. That's me putting the report right there. George got questions. Yep. <laughs> Fortunately, one of the members of the group had the recorder going on and picked up on the laughter, which is something that we reviewed as you listen to the audio. We could hear it clear as day. 
what sounded like the boo bear going off, almost like if it was laughing. Then you hear Chris August make a really, really good statement, a hypothesis, and this is their theory. Whenever there's a moving car that drives past the manor, it seems like it just ignites whatever energies are there. Energy feeds off of energy, and nowadays a lot of these cars are electronic cars, so every time a car passes by the manor, it seems like some sort of activity is heightened by that car passing by. The manor is right next to a busy street, so there's always a constant movement of traffic. Not only that, but there's also the water theory, how water is a source of energy for entities to feed off of. And there is a spring that runs beneath Brackenfern, which could be the reason why there's hauntings. After a successful session in the cellar, we headed towards the Tudor house for a 30-minute coffee break. It was much needed since it was a very, very cold night. It was 38 degrees in Lake Arrowhead, and it was still stormy and foggy. I was able to sit down with one of the members of our group and constant OC Ghosts and Legends patron, Celine and her family, and we had a really interesting discussion. It turns out that Celine and her family attracts a lot of entities. And here's our interview with Celine. Okay, guys, so I'm sitting here with a family, actually. So I have, is a, huh? Mom. Oh, Celine. Francisco. Francisco. And this is, is this uh, your son over here? Yeah, my son. Yes, solitary. <laughs> and is this your girlfriend or your sister? Girlfriend. Oh, so this is really cool that you guys participate in a paranormal ghost hunt as a family. I got them started. You got them started. Um, how long have you been participating with OC Ghosts and Legends? Uh, we met them in, well, well, we met them in 2016, but we started last year here at the Brackenfern. Oh, wow. Now, did you experience a lot more than what you just experience now? No. No, this is, this has definitely been Intense. the most, yeah. Now, I met you at David Oman's house, and, um, you felt a lot of things over there that it seems like it's, like, continuing over here are you very sensitive to the paranormal or have i mean have you seen apparitions or things growing up i did um when i was little um back in mexico Mm -hmm. i swear i saw la llorona oh my god (laughs) can you tell us about that uh sure um we were at the ranch uh, with my aunt and she was getting water from the the well and um I wandered off, you know, I think I was like four or five years old. I wandered off to where there used to be a river going by. So it was a river, a river bank. And um, as I was standing there, I saw a shadow, big shadow, like walking by. Oh and there was little shadows behind it. Oh, my God. So um, when I saw it, they were like floating, like a, 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 along the river. Mm-hmm. And... When I saw them, they like stopped and it's like they turned to look at me and I felt like they were calling me to, to go with oh, them. Hell no. Yeah, and um, I couldn't move. I was frozen in fear. And my aunt kept calling me, let's go, it's time to go. And I was like, oh my God, please come pull me, please come pull me because I was so scared. 
And she did. She grabbed me, you know, by the arm. She's like, I said, get over here. And she was so mad at me. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> she didn't see anything, but you did. Yeah, she oh, didn't know. Wow. She didn't see it. But um, in that same ranch, my um, grandma mm-hmm. got slapped by a woman that came out of the um, stove back then because she was crying. And she swears it was like, you don't know. Wow, that's an intense paranormal story. Um, can you like walk us through what you experienced? You had a very intense experience in the Jasmine room. And I mean, even you recounting the story, you, I mean, I could hear your voice trembling. Can yeah. you walk us through us, like, uh, what you experienced? Yeah, um, I feel a little more better now, but yeah. Um, so when we, we were there, I, I felt like I couldn't sit at, at the bed. I just felt like I needed to sit on the floor. And I did, and when I sat there, um, I felt like, a, like something next to me, like a presence. And um, I kept feeling to see if it was my son that was there because he was the one closest, but he was very far, like not even with my arms extended, I could feel him. So then all of a sudden I turn and there's like a man, shadow, looking right at me, like just facing me, scared me. Yeah. So I turned around and I didn't want to see it, but I could feel it and I could look at it from my um, corner of my eye that it was it was still there and it, it just stayed there, just yeah. looking at me. You mentioned that it was like a sense of of uh, intimidation. Yeah, intimidation, or he was just looking at me like curious or wanting me to go out, or wow. but he was holding his ground. <laughs> How did you feel in that room? I feel like <clears throat> it's tense, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, more than that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever felt like that anywhere else in like your past tours? Mm, yeah, last yeah. time uh, when we on the Alma house, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I I saw kind of like a face like in in a, in a flash like oh I heard, but it's like blurry, it's like like really fast. It's like a ball. When we were in the hallway, when yeah. we were going in the hallway, I turned around and I saw that, like, really fast, and disappeared, like, in a blink. Yeah. You had an intense experience there, too, but not at the Omen house, the house next door, right? Well, I initially felt something in the living area of the Omen house. We were there, and um, I just felt like I had to get out. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't breathe. We were all there. Um, and I think Chris was feeling it too. Um, is your son going into solitary? Sorry, guys. Yes, he is. Oh my God! So to the bathhouse. You guys have heard before that they are doing like rounds of solitary confinement in highly active rooms, and your son is one of them. Well, my name got picked the oh. first time that we got here. The first time that we came here last last year. Uh huh. And then this time it got picked. My name got picked again, so oh my I God. I gave it to him. Coincidence? I think they just want to get you alone <laughs> not gonna happen <laughs> not for now <laughs> i'm building up to it actually uh, we, yeah we are uh we're like we got a we want the feeling that my because my son he wants to go mm-hmm. we we, we got like kind of like really yeah we're gonna pick you know oh wow now is your son also sensitive does he have well, the same three, three boys okay when he was a little all of them they have 
all those experiences. Had, had yeah. Experiences when they were little. But then when up, he he was never been afraid. Since he was little, he would always, you know, be in the dark by himself mm -hmm. and not afraid. Um, but then he kind of stopped seeing stuff like around six, I think, five or six years old. Wow. And for confirmation, yeah. the lights just bleed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So he's been wanting to have another experience, and this is why this he, is, yeah. he wanted to experiment it here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have fun on... Um, you know, taking these tours through OC Ghosts and Legends, you always come out oh, yes. wanting to do more events with them? Yes, definitely more. We, The first time we came here, he didn't know we were staying at the haunted hotel. <laughs> he said, when do we get to go to our hotel? I'm like, we're here. <laughs> He's like, great. And he was like, what? You didn't tell me that. I'm like, well, that's the only way to get you here. <laughs> what rooms are you guys staying in in the hotel, and what are their stories? Daisy and Dahlia. Um, are those the highly active ones? They're, they're not highly active, but they're in the second floor where there's a lot of activity. Right. Um, the first time when we stayed here, we stayed in, in the, um, what is it, um, Ivy Room. Yeah. Um, where there's been... I guess um, something has happened with the little boy named Ryan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and we, we couldn't sleep there oh, that wow. first night. No way. Yeah. What were you feeling? You were just feeling anxiety or just just sense of, like, <laughs> tense? I could swear that the walls were, were vibrating. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I, I do feel stuff. You know, yeah. I've always felt stuff, and I, I can always tell when there's something there like when we moved to a new house you know i could feel there's wow. energy yeah and so far we've been good i'm like oh there's nothing here <laughs> and yeah so. i had this discussion with larry earlier um about paranormal and the latino community in your opinion i mean how do those two worlds meet like yeah you know i noted um, that like more you know, when we are Latinos, mm -hmm. we have more of experience in Mexico. Everybody, yes. you know, like here in America, they're like they don't believe it. You know. Do you feel that the like Latino community is more open to the paranormal? That's why you guys experience so much. Yeah, I think because there there's more um, more like stories and legends and stuff that's happened over there. Oh, absolutely! And a lot of people go by it. You know, they they swear by it and they believe in it. And um, I think that's why there's there's more. You know, mm -hmm. there's duendes, there's witches, there's um, a llorona, there's chupacabra, a chupacabra, <laughs> el, el no no. The Noah, the dog that turns into a woman. Oh, there's another one. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like a werewolf people, or... No, the people that be, um, become like an animal uh -huh. is... Um... Shapeshifters yeah, or... shapeshifter, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And oh, wow. It's, it's a, it becomes into a big black dog with red eyes. Oh. And that's really... They, they, they really believe that. You know, like we, we believe it over there. Like it, it exists. Uh-huh. The Duendes so, plays with kids. I had, I had uh, one time... I saw a duende. I don't know mm -hmm. if you know what that means. Yeah. It's like a little short person. Yeah. Like, like. Yeah. Well, we where we lived, it was a, a vecindad. It's like a little neighborhood uh -huh. where there was only one restroom out, like, in the back. Mm -hmm. And in the middle, there was a, a well. Oh, wow. So I don't know why, but I was there at nighttime. And I came out, and 
it was sitting on the well telling me to come. Oh, hell come. no. Yeah, he's like, come, come. I couldn't move. I froze. Once again, like La Llorona. <laughs> You're just like, I froze and I, I froze. just. I just stayed there until my sister came and told me, what are you doing? You know, get back inside. I was like, oh my God, like, thank God, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah, we, we, we've enjoyed it. Um, that experience that I had at the Omen House, mm-hmm. the next next um, next door to the Omen House. Yes. Yeah, that that was very... Um, I felt like I was going to pass out. Oh, wow. And I just felt like I couldn't breathe. Like, yes. It was choking me. Yeah. And then um, I remember walking into a room and I experienced a sharp pain in my stomach. Oh, my God. And I don't know, somebody said that there's, I guess, people report that stabbing pain mm-hmm. so that's what i felt yeah you're not the only one we had a girl a month ago that felt that those like pains in her chest and her stomach well yeah so you're not the only one that's felt yeah that, that, type of that validated what i was feeling yeah when i heard that so i hadn't heard it before mm-hmm. so <laughs> like in every house we were living mm-hmm. we had all the time experience we were yeah, sleeping, yeah, you know. Mentioning, yeah. yeah, like we just moving to this house. We just have like almost three months. Uh-huh. We don't have anything yet, experience, you know. But the house be- before this one, um, we have a lot of experience, you know. Like one time, <clears throat> uh, I wake up in the middle of the night. I don't know what time, and I just wake up, you know, and I'm trying to get, you know, to like, acomodarme otra vez, you know. ¿Cómo se dice? And uh, I feel some steps by my foot because it's it's all wood. But on my mind, it says it's a little boy. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah, when I. You could sense that, and it was like a child. Yeah, like like, I feel like a child. And when my mind says, like, that's a child, when I say a child, like a boy, you can hear right away, goes next to my bed. And uh-uh. and do on on the mattress like really fast like this with the hands. No. <laughs> I can hear next to me, but I don't want to open my eyes because I was so scared, you know. Right. And I start praying, and stop. Oh and God. yes, and sometimes uh, I feel like wake up. That happens when I wake. Just wake up, you know. Yeah. I just wake up and try to go like, to sleep. I hear a ground like next to my ear, like like a dog or something, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like really scary. Oh my god, <laughs> that sounds really scary. Yeah. Oh my goodness, would you consider your family haunted? <laughs> mm, no, I mean we don't we don't live in fear. Mm-hmm. We don't think mm-hmm. about it. Um, just I think we we you know I know definitely my grandma um, has had experiences. My mom is intuitive, mm-hmm. so I feel like I got it from them. And out of her four kids, I'm the only one. Wow! So you're you know, like great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and it's just like you know, my grandma, my mom's the only one from their kids, mm-hmm. and I'm the only one from my mom's kids. Mm-hmm. So somewhere, somebody's gonna continue. It. <laughs> but yeah, definitely intuitive. Um, I I feel people's energy too. Wow. And you definitely feel a lot of energy here, I bet. Oh, yeah. Like, good or bad? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting energy. It's neutral. Yeah. Like, safe. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, sometimes, like, I ask him, like, can you feel it? Because I, I literally would put my hand on the wall. Yeah. It feels like it's vibrating. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's 
pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. When um, Dixie did that, you know, grounding. Yeah. Um, uh, I I really felt like all the vibration. And that was very like powerful because I hadn't I hadn't felt that like when they're telling you to do this and mm-hmm. breathe and you know become with the earth. Yeah. I was just like, wow. feel it more yeah. than everybody else because you're more sensitive. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. so crazy. Well, thank you so much for participating in my little interview no and um, happy ghost hunting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and sweet <Thank> dreams. You. <laughs> you're like yeah. Yeah. yeah hopefully we get some sleep. I'm sure you will, sort of. (laughs) Thank you, guys. According to Celine's son, he went to solitary confinement inside the pool house and came out with nothing. He said it was actually pretty quiet. As for the other gentleman that went into solitary confinement in the Jasmine room, he told all of us afterwards that he couldn't even make it past the front door. It was as though someone or something was telling him that he wasn't welcome there. And his gut was telling him that it wasn't safe to go in that room at that time. Now for the best part, we ended up staying in the Tudor house to continue our investigation before entering the basement. I felt that this was the most active part of our investigation besides the Jasmine and also the cellar. Here's where we picked up an EVP of a woman laughing. In the background of our session, you'll hear Chris August talk. However, in this session, we used another device. I was actually really excited. We were using the portal box, which was created by Mr. Huff, I like to call him. It's a device that enhances EVP on a scale previously unheard of, and the portal cleans, enhances, isolates, and in my opinion, encourages EVP in comparison with the spirit box. You see, the spirit box has that choppy white noise sound that you normally hear, but with the portal box, it eliminates it by running it through the portal and it just leaves the voices themselves so you just get the voices and not the static and it's the only way to get a clear good voice box session and we definitely heard something that was not coming from that portal box but outside of it and we couldn't explain it here it is are you mob we're calling you out Do you have a name? 
and I just saw something move over there. Here's the laughing again. And one more time for good measure. Both Chris and I heard it clear as day. It was a woman in the background laughing. We believe that the laughter was coming from the restroom area. But that part of the Tudor house that night was highly, highly active. I was even seeing shadow figures on stage. And according to Dixie, they were there kind of mocking us. So the ghosts of the Tudor house and Brackenfern Manor have personalities, I guess you can say. We continued our investigation down in the basement, and the basement was actually really creepy. You can actually see the actual prohibition bottles that they used back in that era to move the hooch. And just an FYI guys, no demon. We didn't see or feel or get any scratches, to my knowledge, down in the basement. The basement was definitely, definitely creepy, I must say but we made our way from the basement to the pool house. And that's where we made what we thought we made communication with the 12 year old boy or the newsy boy that may have been working for the mob back in the day. It was a great way to end our investigation in the pool house. And then we made our way back to the Tudor house to do a Q and A to share our experiences. And a lot of people had a lot of experiences. We wrapped everything up around 2.15, and then I finally got a chance to sit with Chris August for our post-mortem. So here's our interview with Chris August. All right, guys, so we're doing a post-mortem <laughs> with Chris August, who is the head honcho of OC Ghosts and Legends, and it's about 2.30. We just wrapped up 
with our final notes and what we all discovered at Brackenfern. Compared to your first night here, like, was this a very active night uh, or one of your most? It never disappoints. Mm -hmm. We never leave here disappointed. It's never happened. Mm -hmm. um, some, I mean, we were always leaving here with stuff happening, but it was, it was, I, I would, I'm trying to, I can't really rate it. it there was experiences everywhere. Mm -hmm. And even though a certain group may not have had the same experiences as another group, there were experiences in different places nonetheless. And, and, and some were similar. Mm -hmm. So we're never let down. No, it's, it's absolutely simple. not. Yeah. That is so true. Anthony, one of your investigators mentioned that someone always walks out of Brackenfern with the experience. I, for myself, can say that <laughs> 100%. Um, so what did you feel tonight uh, you compared know, to other nights? It sounds like for me tonight, it was heavy on disembodied voices. Wow. Uh, being in the cellar, uh, yes. the, the, the laughter of... of what we thought was Boo Bear was not. Um, and then here in the Tudor house, I was so excited. And I maybe not everybody agrees with me, but we caught it. And you you caught it yes. on audio. And I hope you don't lose that. No, uh -uh. <laughs> I emailed it to myself. Did you really? Already yes. you clipped it? Yeah, I clipped it and everything. I want to like enhance the sound and everything as best as I could. Yes. But yes, I mean, that was... I was pumped for that. I mean, that seriously. That was exciting. You, I don't know. You heard my excitement. I yes. was, I was uh, yeah. so and excited <laughs> You were for even that. more excited that we caught it on I recording. I know. I was, there are those moments where I know what I heard. Mm -hmm. I was confident about it. I'm not convinced it came from the portal. Right. I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm going to analyze it, and mm -hmm. much like you're going to dissect it as well, I'm not convinced it came from the portal. I heard it from the opposite side of the room over here on this wall. Right. But that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Not everybody has to agree with me, and, and I'm going to take it for what it was. I heard it. It was a child, and, man, I, I'm, I'm still kind of high about that. I, it's not often that stuff happens, and when you hear it in real time, mm -hmm. and then it translates on the audio, that's best-case scenario. Right. And we got it. We right. Got it. And, I mean, that, that was something that you – can someone try to debunk or – no? Like, because we had – other people that heard it too and I mean that's uh, another form of validation and we're gonna be able to once we dissect it sometimes mm -hmm. things sound a lot better in the moment mm -hmm. and then you listen back when you're kind of more you're just you're relaxed you're you've reflected on the night a week later right two weeks later right <laughs> uh, you reflect and you're like well you know what mm, maybe that's not what I think I heard. Right. Or you're, you validate like, yep, I stand by it. That's, mm -hmm. I know that, yep, no question about it. And I'm hoping that's, <laughs> that's going to be my reaction when I listen to it. I like to sit on it. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll, I'll still be on a high from it when I get home. <laughs> and I'm going to be pumped about it. I'll listen to it over and over and, right. and just get really excited again and relive the moment. And then I'll, I'll let it sit for weeks. Talk to me about the Jasmine room. A lot of people had a lot of interesting feels and experiences in that room. And I know that you had a very intense experience your first time, right? Oh, yeah. It was it was a pretty – I don't want to – I mean, it sounds dramatic by saying it was life-altering because mm – -hmm. but when I say altering, meaning it was a 
in my career in this field, it was something that really confused me. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, it was so foreign of an experience that I didn't know what to do with it. And walking into that room and having just that feeling of anxiety and that I needed to get out. I've never walked out of an investigation, um, and I haven't since. There are things that startle me, but I've never left. And in that video, which we have on YouTube, you can view it. Mm -hmm. Um, Anybody can look at it, where we have the actual DVR footage of... um, I'm putting my foot down, I'm going upstairs and saying, hey, you can't mess with my friends. I was really confident and I didn't feel threatened. I'm like, this is silly, come on. See, so, you know, this whatever happened made another investigator cry. Wow. And I, as a friend, I said, this is awful. I mean, you can't do that. Right. If there was a spirit, you, you're not allowed to do that. So come on, you got something to say, you come through me. Yeah, I, I bolted. <laughs> we'll find that video guys and put it on instagram i mean but you had a gentleman here who was um picked for the solitary in that room and he couldn't even sit in that room he had to stand out by the door yeah oh, sorry my back was hurting um yeah the our, our solitary guy he he didn't even walk in the door and that's never i mean wow we don't really get generally we have a lot of women who mm-hmm. pick up on whatever's going on in Jasmine. Um, but this guy was, he, I guess he was told to respect that I'm not wanted here. Right. And they, whoever was in there, we can call him Ralph, mm-hmm. but said, look, pal, you're not coming in here. Uh, and that's the way it's going to be. Wow. And this guy said, I, I respected it. And I did not. I didn't walk through that threshold. I did not cross that barrier. Is that the theme of tonight, you think, was respect? I, I, I can't speak. I didn't necessarily experience anything profound in Jasmine tonight, mm-hmm. but other people did. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean because I didn't experience it, doesn't mean it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I think the theme was is that intimidation. Okay. Intimidation was the theme in Jasmine tonight. Um, like they're being, not, I don't want to, not provoke. That's not the word I'm looking for. No. They were, as if you're kind of being stared down by a bully. You right. know, it's, it's you know. The, 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 the sense of, yeah, of, of uh, superiority. Yeah. Like we run this house, we run this, you're going to have to like abide by our rules kind of thing. Yeah, or just, you know, uh, one of our guests had the feeling of that they were being something was sitting next to them and just stared him down in the yes, face. Yes, Celine. Yeah, yeah, we have her her interview recorded. Oh, good. She, so she told that? Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could hear it in her voice when she first was explaining it in that room to us. Like, she had a hard time, like, communicating what she saw. Mm-hmm. It was very intense. Like, she sat on the bed next to me, and then she had to sit down on the floor, and mm-hmm. boom, it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the theme with her and somebody else that spoke up about it, that uh, it was like something was kind of, you know, sitting right next to him and kind of like with their head tilted, you know, what are you going to do? You know, mm-hmm. they're like looking right at you. Right. And uh, do I scare you? Right. So it was just, kind of, it, was a, it was, you know, kind of, a, I'm going to look, stare right into your eyes and I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm just going to, you know, do I, do I intimidate you? Wow. So that, that seemed to be a theme. Yeah. In Jasmine tonight. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, whoever's up there, uh, be it Ralph, 
be it something else that we cannot identify. Mm-hmm. Something's going on in that room. And there will be people who will go and sleep in that room, and they're totally fine. They're like, I, thought I had the greatest sleep ever. I don't understand. <laughs> um, then there are people who don't know about its activity, who right. have no knowledge of the manor being haunted, just normal mm-hmm. you know, people who go. And, and granted, the manor is not booked uh, anymore as individual rooms. It right. used to be. Now it's entirely different. you got to book out the whole place. Right. Um, <laughs> But when it was an individual, a place where you could rent individual rooms, mm-hmm. plenty of people did not know about it. And wow. plenty of people have notified management that they're, I don't like that room. I don't know what it was. It wasn't a matter of the quality of the hotel. It was, I just didn't like that room. And I, they would leave in the middle of the night. Wow. Leave in the middle of the night. So. That's insane. Absolutely. Oh my God. <laughs> so the legend of Ralph lives on. Lives on. That is something that you can say is like, is credible. That is that legend right there. And that's assuming it's Ralph. Mm-hmm. We're going with Ralph because we don't, until we have a better way of identifying who or what it is, mm-hmm. it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, we, if we could properly identify whoever's in there, we would love to. Right. When is the next OC Ghost and Legends uh, next lockdown? When is that going to happen? Um, man, we got some exciting things coming. We will be back at the Omen House. Yay! Uh, we're coming back for two dates in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, people spoke, and they loved it. Wonderful. And of course, we had a great time, so mm-hmm. uh, we're looking forward to heading back over there and, and having another uh, powwow at the, at the Omen House and see what else we get. Um, we're hoping if everything goes as we want it to this year, we're going to have another new venue announcement. Is that um, top secret? Top secret for oh, right now. Man. <laughs> Fortunately, most of what we're doing is undercover top secret. We can't disclose, but because we're also, you know, when we're out there, we're investigating in hopes of finding an ideal gem location that we can bring people to. And the Brackenfern is one of them. Mm-hmm. We had to keep that under wraps for a little bit and, and, Four years later, it's our biggest, you know, smash venue, and people keep coming back. And yeah. whether they experience anything or not, there's something about the place that people connect with. Yes. They don't even have to have anything profound happen to them on a paranormal level. There's just a connection about it. They're like, there's something about this place. And they just love the whole experience that they, four years later, it's almost like a family reunion. It is true. It, it is, is true. Like, so Celine and her family are back for the second time. So oh, that's yeah. pretty amazing. They're collecting new memories every year. <laughs> so do you, um, as a closer, do you think you had a very successful night then? I think we did. And, and again, I think everyone came out of here having experienced something or they learned something. Right. And, or even just appreciating the history right. of the place and you know we're gonna keep coming back here as long as we're welcome back here mm-hmm. and as long as ralph is kind to us and uh <laughs> you bye bye his rules you'll be fine <laughs> and uh perhaps some of the ladies of the manor were uh, making their presence known tonight and um yeah it was a successful night it was everyone seemed happy and but very sleepy heads tonight. Everyone's right. Going we're home all and night the <laughs> we're all dead right now. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> well, thank you. So- <laughs>
<laughs> and then with a bad fun, Chris. <laughs> That's the style. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Chris, for everything and having Hollywood Paranormal here at Breckenfern Manor. This was an amazing night. Thank you for coming. No problem. I can't wait to put this episode together. We're excited. Oh, thank you. So we all had a very successful investigation and lockdown at the Brackenfern Manor. We collected a lot of wonderful EVPs. We felt a lot of things that we couldn't explain and saw things that we couldn't explain. But we all had that validation. We all witnessed it. And I highly think that there's something there at Brackenfern Manor. And it definitely makes his presence known. And it's not just Brackenfern Manor. It's Lake Arrowhead. The environment, the water, the earth, the energy, everything. It is definitely a unique place, rich in mysticism and mystery. I ended up having to spend the night at Brackenfern Manor because the storm and the fog was so bad I couldn't see the road ahead of me. There's 18 miles of uh, mountain road before you hit the interstate to go back to L.A., and there was no way that I was able to make that commute. So fortunately, they had an empty room available, and thankfully it wasn't the jasmine room. It was the fern room, or the honeymoon suite. And I actually had a good night's rest. Maybe it's because I grounded myself and told whatever was around me to let me sleep. And if they understood, to please make a tap on a window and a door. Sure enough, I heard a light little tap on the door, and I had a good night's rest. We wanted to take the time to say thank you to everyone that's a part of OC Ghost and Legends, especially Chris August. Thank you so much for allowing Hollyweird Paranormal to lock down with you guys at the Brackenfern Manor. If you want to know more information and future lockdown events with OC Ghosts and Legends, which I highly recommend, head on over to their website at www.ocghostandlegends.com. If you want to summon them or stalk them, you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at OC Ghosts and Legends. If you love Holly Weird Paranormal, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot, and it helps us become a little more visible. Can't get enough of Holly Weird Paranormal? Then stalk us or summon us on Instagram and Facebook at Holly Weird Paranormal and Twitter at HWP Podcast. Have a story that you're dying to share, no pun intended, then email us at hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com. Trust me, guys, we've been reading your emails, your ghost stories, and I would say just keep an eye out for future listeners' tales because there's been a lot of submissions and we really appreciate it. Plus, I love seeing Bryce scared. Catch up with our past episodes on Blueberry, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, CastBox, Player FM, and Spotify. And always remember, guys, stay Holly Weird. <laughs>